and welcome to a brand new life, to a brand new day, all the way from the wastelands of California. My name is Michael, and I'll be your designated driver this evening. I look forward to once again serve you with sounds of salvation. First time listeners, turn on, tune in, and drop out. This is a very different kind of show, a place where we don't feel so alone. Let us chase away the light no matter what you at home choose to believe. I do admire you for your curiosity. Live and direct right now on YouTube and the TuneIn Radio app. You can find the podcast rendition of this program by searching End of Days on all popular media platforms or simply typing Michael Deacon. For those new in attendance, let me remind you that my name is Michael Deacon and I am the host of this glorious program, often imitated but never duplicated. We've got a full house yet again here tonight. My guest this evening is Dr. Michael Aquino. He is best known as the founder of the Temple of Set, former original member of the Church of Satan, the author of several books that are considered essential worldwide. Also joining us this evening as a co-host is Mr. E.A. Coetting. He draws assignment here tonight, and I thank him for that. And of course, on the second half of the program, the return of the Florida correspondent live and direct and in the building, all coming up on the second half. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Thank you to those in America for supporting the program and also those outside of America. And what a week it's been, boys and girls. Tonight, we will definitely be a bit of a rattlesnake, folks. I'm a bit of I'm a bit tongue twisted here. We've got a plethora of topics here to dissect. And I also want to give my condolences to the families affected by yet another school. Well, not a school shooting, but yet another shooting. This time in El Paso, Texas, if I recall correctly. Lots of listeners out there. Hope you are fine. Same goes to those nice folks out there at the Gilroy Garlic Festival. Terrible. Now, of course, don't just sit back behind your keyboards or mobile devices put them to use you have any questions call in here tonight that number is 760-332-8724 one more time 760-332-8724 now let's get down to brass tacks and bring in mr ea coetting who should be live and ready to go eric are you there yes i am sir fantastic now let's bring in the doctor himself doctor are you there now uh oh, we might have lost them already. We might have lost our guest already. Isn't that terrible? He was there. He was there. I did hear his voice for yeah. a moment. I think we lost him during the intro there. I think I might have accidentally kicked them off when we were doing the intro there. Don't worry, boys and girls. I'll I'll bring him back on right now. What's going on with you, Eric? Tell the listeners about yourself. Oh man, I'll tell you what, I uh uh I couldn't be more blessed at the moment to to be able to, like I said, even have heard Dr. Aquino's voice for even just a moment. Uh he uh he has influenced my life and my path in so many ways in in opening the door for the Prince of Darkness to enter into this world. And that that really is what his work has been, what my work is and and uh uh, I would really like to get some of his thoughts on on uh, what he can pass to me as far as what where where he thinks we ought to be pushing this. There there's a, a huge movement of black magicians, of sorcerers, of witches that are out there that are 
uh, are amassing and coming together through the internet and, and gathering and, and listening to shows like these to uh, to look for inspiration. We've got the knowledge, we've got the information, but the next step is to to, to you know, what's the what's the inspiration? What should we be aiming towards? And I think uh, I think Dr. Queen has got more answers to that than just about anybody on this planet. Yes, and of course I'm calling him right now, and we'll see what goes on. Hopefully he picks up this time. Uh, last time we had a bit of trouble, uh, but you know that happens. And when you're trying to do a live show, it's strange that we're having these uh, technical issues here tonight, boys and girls. You know, it, it, it is interesting, and I, one of the things that that I, I hope to be able to speak to Dr. Quino about is the the evolution of of technology and how that ties into the the agenda of uh of the temple of set and of his his own work i know that he uh he started a lot of uh, a lot of things that are still carrying forward a lot of uh, he put a lot of things in motion that are still in motion and uh uh i would really like his take on some on the, the merger of magic and machine i'm with you on that one and it seems like those in the chat room are not going to go anywhere just yet and I thank you for that. Definitely stick tight, uh, hold on tight here, and the buckle up as we try to get Doctor Aquino back on the line here. And as Eric said, he was just here a minute ago. He was. He was. I uh, I can attest to it. Um, not only did I, I hear his voice, I felt his power. Uh, there's a unique thing when you connect with somebody, even even uh, over the, the internet, even through a, a chat name, you can see somebody and look into them. And this time we have a ring. Third time is lucky. Yes, third time is the charm. And, Doctor, welcome back to the program. I'm not quite sure what happened there. It seems like the intro threw us off. Well, the number of international and federal agencies who are probably monitoring this interview probably <laughs> overwhelmed the circuits. That's probably what happened. And, <laughs> and as soon as I called, I said I was the FBI. <laughs> right, and everybody charms in and says, hey, wait, we were supposed to monitor this. No, we were. Get off the line. You're, you're screwing us up. <laughs> oh, yes. So, Doctor, I'm so glad you are here. It's always an honor and privilege to get a chance to speak to you. And, of course, I'm not joined here alone. We are also joined by another soul, E.A. Coetting, or as I just call him, Eric. Hey. Oh, which part yeah. of the FBI is he from? Yeah, good question. What part of the FBI are you from, uh, Eric? Which, what part of the FBI am I from? Yeah, what branch? <laughs> Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, Who do you work for, I, Eric? I have I have one straight answer to that, and that is I do not cooperate with authorities. That that, that is one thing, Miss uh, Dr. Dr. Guino, I, I, I have to take my hat off to you with how you handled dealing with the authorities, e even when you were at the height of your persecution. I don't know that I could have had the patience and the wherewithal to to to, to stand up against those lies with the kind of uh, fortitude and the kind of patience that you displayed. Uh, absolutely amazing and and uh, not only did you win your case you won our case you opened the door for the prince of darkness to enter this world well the 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 funny thing about a question like that is that oftentimes when i've been asked uh for explanations of either myself or my interests by people in positions of authority or uh or who are investigating something is that if i give them an honest straight answer They'll either run out the door screaming, or or have a panic attack in some other way on the uh, you know, or just look at me mystified. 
So I have to, before I answer questions uh, like that, I have to do a quick analysis of the person and say, now, how much of it can this person handle? It's a little bit like that A Few Good Men movie, you know, where <laughs> – where what his name is saying, we want the truth. And Jack Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth. That's right. And I sometimes, I sometimes am tempted to give out with a good Jack Nicholson, you know, in response to some things. But I've tried to be as courteous as I can over the years and let people down gently. <laughs> let people down gently. Well, that, that is the beautiful thing is, is uh, your ability to – to, to clearly understand what your knowledge is. You know, you have a very specific, very, very interesting knowledge set. And uh, your, your ability to, to, to recall that and to make all the pieces fit together is, is something of a, of, of a spectacle and, and at the same time is, has been a, a torch that, that's lit the way for me on my road, for sure. I, 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 can't, I can't give you enough thanks and compliments for... Not only not only what the, who you are as a person, but but uh, but also the the work that you've done, the uh, the the explosion of interest in the occult has never been as as intense it is as it is right now, and that that was a, a spark that you ignited, you really, and, and so I, I thank you and and I wonder what what are your thoughts as you look at the current state of the occult online? I know that you you're active in a couple groups. But, That's a great but, question, uh, by the way. Well, the the first thing that occurs to me, which would is probably reflects my academic experiences as much as anything else, is that we're dealing with a, a generation of people who are who tend to be very skilled in um, keyboard uh, manipulation of information. You know, who can who can go online and and um, Google anything really fast and get quick answers to anything. But what we what we also have is the same generation has not had the benefits of a really rigorous individual education in terms of personal learning, the ability to distinguish validity from non-validity, and sort of what you might say the experience of uh, of making mistakes and not making mistakes and developing a a careful learning experience uh, process from this. So um, we get a lot of very, very, very credulous, very naive people who are searching for pat answers and who get very impatient very quickly when they don't get something with the speed of a Google search as a response. It used to be that if you asked a complicated question, you might have to spend years trying to work up the answer and in the same process, you were, of course, using your own skills to separate good information from bad information so that when you finally found a solution that satisfied you, it, it, it wasn't uh, bullshit. It was valid, hopefully. Right. So, so today um, we have, as I said, a, a hyper-skilled um, keyboard generation of people but who are very, very uh, – naive and unskilled in terms of their ability to do mental research and evaluation because they haven't really had the kind of um, secondary school and college education that they should because what passes for secondary school and college today is all too often, again, a sort of uh, streamlined cutthroat um, uh, scramble for job uh, openings and job qualifications without bothering uh, 
uh, with such things as as you know personal refined education, and that is that I also learned when I spent several years in the 1980s. Uh, as a college professor, uh, as adjunct professor of political science at Golden Gate University, and I was teaching upper division political science, American foreign policy, international relations, and political theory, and the European cultural history. And as often as not, when I would start out these uh, courses, I would have to spend the first several class sessions just teaching people how to think and and how to absorb and process the information that I was trying to convey to them. It isn't it wasn't just, you know, copy this down and then blurt it back. Then you don't learn anything. You don't understand this. You know, you have to, if I'm talking about Plato or Aristotle or Thomas Aquinas or Machiavelli, it isn't just enough to just sort of be able to regurgitate this stuff. You have to enter the brains and the souls of these people and look out and see reality the way they did and understand it and be able to um, evaluate that for yourself to decide, well, where was this guy right? Where was he wrong? Um, and how do I know? So the teaching of, of that kind of thinking was a, a, a sort of a crash course <laughs> that I had to do. And when you when you look at a when you ask a question about something like quote unquote the occult, if I ask most people to say, well, what do you mean by the occult? They'd say, well, you know, ghosts, demons, witches, parapsychology, ESP, um, duh, 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 you know, remote viewing or something. You and they flounder around. And I would say, I would say, try this one out. The occult is subject material that. People aren't sure of the answers to, but they're afraid to ask questions about because they'll sound like they're being dorky if they ask those kinds of questions. All right. And therefore, it's a little different from saying, how do I get from uh, North Beach to the Golden Gate Bridge? Well, I can tell you that's a sensible question. But um, uh, what's a black mass supposed to do? You know, well, that's a little more complicated. You know. Right. And also, a person feels strange for asking a question like, "Why do you want to know that?" You know, um, what, what is the problem? You know, what is this business about uh, about sex with goats? You know, in in satanic rituals. Well, the only trouble with them is that you have to run around after having had sex with a goat. You have to run around to the front to kiss it. Yeah, that sounds tiring. You know, yeah. So the the uh, sort of going back to that initial question again. Um, I am where I am for a, actually a very simple reason, that I've always been a very curious person, and I wanted to figure out who and what I am and who and what is my environment, what I'm doing here, um, what, if anything, I should be doing here, uh, and where I, you know, what does this make sense uh, to me to in terms of where I should be trying to go or get from here? And those kinds of questions have driven my whole life. And they didn't necessarily take me into the occult. They also took me into my work with the government and with the military and with political science and academia. And, uh, and of course, with uh, first conventional religions and then alternatives such as atheisms and agnosticisms and existentialisms and uh, 
And of course, the early forms of occultism that I looked into that were organized, such as the Church of Satan. Yes, Michael, and I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I must say, yes, but I must say, and I'm only doing this because we jumped ahead. We're having such a great time in the intro there, but I must say, welcome back to the program. Thank you for sharing some of your time with all of us this evening. And I'm directing that comment to both you, Dr. and Eric here. I'm glad both of you are here, and I do want to remind both of you that this is an open discussion, and both of you are free to say anything you want. You can agree or disagree with all things here. And Michael, it's always such a fun time to chat with you, and same with Eric. It's so great to have both of you here. I'm glad that we have been able to come together here this evening. And Michael, I have to say... Out of all the people I've interviewed, you are the one that's generated the most heat for me personally. <laughs> good. That means it's a good discussion. Uh, if no everybody doubt. falls asleep and, and uh, doesn't care, then that's bad. But yeah, if everybody and, gets angry and pissed off and then yes. starts leaving you death threats and flashing your tires and stuff, then that's good. That's what I want. That's and, a success, yeah. Yes, right. and, I, and I have had that happen already, Michael, and it's not a problem to me at all. I don't mind it. I think it's actually kind of uh, thrilling at times. But yes, Uh lots of heat has been generated by the simple fact that I've allowed you to be on the program as many times as I have. Even those who have been very loyal to me have been very angry uh, with with my choice of having you on here. But well, that makes that makes you probably an honorary firefighter. You know what they say about firefighters? What's that? We find them hot and leave them wet. <laughs> ah, but I, I love it, though, Michael. I have to say, I, I like the sort of response, good and bad. It just lets me know that people are listening, and I appreciate that. And you're someone who I've always said on this program that is extremely intelligent, and you can learn a lot from everyone and anyone, but especially you, Doctor. Well, thank you. I mean, that's sort of what I try to do. If I... if. My my idea of success in, in interviews and chats like this is that I'm not going to try to make somebody over into my opinions or my image. Uh, I don't know enough about individuals in your audience. I don't even know who they are right. out there. But I know that there are in, there are questioning minds out there who say, "All right, what um, what is this? What has this dude got to say? What's Eric got to say? What's the announcer got to say that I should pay attention to?" That that might improve me or interest me in some way. And if we come back, the three of us, you know, with good answers to that, then we justify our time here. We're not just masturbating one another, which right. wastes everybody's time. Yes, yeah, uh, unfortunately. You know, and, and, uh, to, to go ahead and jump in there, th- th- thank you. And I, I'd, like to, I'd like to ask you then, because uh, I, I do feel that the work you've done on many fronts, on many fronts, has, uh, has put into effect changes that are, that are still taking place, that, that I am benefiting from, that those of us that are pursuing Satanism and are pursuing the occult, or even just pursuing interest in, in all of those weird topics, uh, you, you've, you've definitely emboldened and, and, uh, and invigorated us. And, uh, and so with that, if, if you were to meet yourself today, the world has changed entirely from when you were, when you were young. If you were to meet yourself today as right, a young right. man, what would be the advice you would give in going forward? Specifically, my interest is is definitely in the uh, the pursuit of the Prince of Darkness. 
Well, I, you know, again, sort of harking back to what I said a little earlier, the the first criterion that occurs, the first criterion that I that occurs to me when I meet young people today is I I try to get an idea as I did in my college classes teaching, um, of how how good a grounding do they have in their own intellect and using their own brains? How well can they process thoughts and dis- distinguish? Um, good from bad, truth from fiction, uh, right from wrong. Um, how you know how how disciplined is their thinking process? Which is again, this this kind of skill should be taught in grammar school, in um, secondary school, in high school, and in undergraduate college. And today, it simply isn't. Uh, we've we've sort of zipped through to an iPhone culture where everybody just sort of taps out stuff and expects. Uh, uh, you know, and androgynous or whatever it is, uh, intelligence to come back with a snap answer. So I want to see I want to see how well a person can think and argue and put together their thoughts. And then, uh, if I've if if the person needs it, my first advice is, for God's sake, you know, find yourself a good um, college or city college or whatever it is, and get yourself educated. And I don't mean I don't mean learning computer science is something. I mean, get yourself into the the humanities and learn how to process information. Take some courses in philosophy, in psychology, in in political science, in um, uh, even in, in Western literature where people debate and discuss these things, so that you can you can see your brain exercise in processing information, so that you can make good decisions, and then. And and that may take you a couple of years, and yes, it's slow, and yes, it may be deliberative, but it's absolutely essential because otherwise you'll just be the fool and the stooge of whoever is trying to uh, manipulate you through the rest of your life. And you don't, you won't even be able to formulate the important questions because you can't think that well. Um, there's a point in George Orwell's 1984 where the philologist, uh, a friend of Winston Smith's, is uh, telling Winston Smith that the Newspeak Dictionary that he's working on for their um, totalitarian society is successful because it's getting thinner every year. He says, we're just removing words and concepts that people don't need to know anymore. Uh, and, And once the word is gone, people won't even be able to think thought crime anymore because there won't be words to express it. So we will wind up with a society of people who can only think uh, what the party dictates for them to think. All too often, when I hear supposed political discussions or debates or news programs today, that's the kind of discussion that I hear going on. We just finished a couple of nights of these Democratic um, uh, hopefuls to be the next president of the United States supposedly debating each other. Right. And all, all we got was you know, a few hours of sound bites and pot shots at one another, no discussion of um, national philosophy, no discussion of human uh, dignity or of the the sort of the cause of the United States, what it should do internationally, almost nothing on foreign affairs, um, nothing about the, the crises that are brought up in human relationships, but when you uh, come up with these issues such as national sovereignty versus controlled borders and so on. All it was was a, a, a sort of a free-for-all mud throw of how much freebie stuff can I get from this person or how much freebie stuff can I get from that person or you told a lie and I caught you with your pants down. 
We jumped we jumped ahead of here again, but that's okay. Let's get into that. The second debate did wrap up as you saw, Michael, and it drew incredibly low ratings, even though I could care less about the ratings. Uh, I did get a chance uh, to watch some of it, but barely any of it. And I did. And I'm not, mm-hmm. and I'm not letting right. uh, President Trump off either because he's an expert at what he, he you know he tweets. Have you? Can you imagine? Fifty years ago, if you said we're going to have a president in the United States eventually, who runs this country with quips, <laughs> and and people would look at you and say you're crazy. You know the the, the White House, no. the Oval Office doesn't operate on soundbite quips like that, and yet here no. we are. Yeah, so we, I, we, I, we live like in a sort ask. of a, a area where the in, insane asylum, where the the inmates are running the asylum. Amazing. And yes, go ahead, Eric. That's that's yeah, what I, you I, and I have to fight here. Yes, sir. I wonder uh, from from your background in in using psychological warfare tactics. Uh, you, I, I can only imagine what you must be thinking as you're watching sp- specifically today's political stage unfold. I mean, it is uh, it, it is all psychological warfare at this point, and and no substance behind it. Yeah, but this is this is primitive psychological warfare. This isn't even a challenge. Back when I was working in this stuff during, I, I spent forty years in this field in in the uh, military and the government. I took my first uh, PSYOP course at Fort Bragg as an as an officer cadet um, back in 1969, and and I've been in the field constantly since then. I'm probably without without uh, preening myself, I'm probably the, the the smartest person in the United States, if not the world, in the area of psychological operations and uh, and uh, and what I call mind war. And I don't, I don't say that as a conceit. I just say that as a person who's been around the block and around the block and around the block, so that this stuff is like a, an old pair of Levi's right. at this point to me. You know that that fits my body when I just put my legs in them. Anyway, the you know the answer is that what we're looking at today is is the direct result of this kind of a stupid audience that we have that I've been whining and throwing my bashing my head against the wall about for the last fifteen minutes. Because people today don't expect or want more than that kind of thing. They want, oh, what's it going to give to me? How's it missing going to cost? And usually they don't even say, well, Bernie Sanders says he's going to give me everything for free, but he doesn't say that it's going to cost me something that I can't afford. So I guess I'll vote for him so I can get everything for free. And, you know, when you hear something like that, and I, I, I heard it from a friend of mine who I've known for 50 years last night, who admires the guy and believes him and Elizabeth Warren, you know, for the same thing. And I'm saying, good God, did you just fall off the turnip truck? You know, there is no free lunch. You get something, somebody pays for it. Either you pay for it or somebody else does or it isn't there. So uh, but but we, we seem to live in, in an environment where this kind of counter argument, this kind of response just sort of bounces off people's heads. And that's scary to me. So the the second part is to I'm sort of going back to the question that was tossed at me a few paragraphs ago before I went on this rant. First, I want a person today to get a a good sound education by meaning he has good sound he or she has good sound judgment qualities who can take some information and then chew it up and make it make sense to him or not and be able to argue and present it back. And then secondly. I want the, uh, the all that's needed is for the person's curiosity, like mine, to be genuine and say, "Okay, I think I understand 
the society that I'm in, the uh, economic situation that I'm in, the family situation that I'm in. And my big issue now is, well, where do I do with myself? You know, do I get interested in just making money and then dying? And uh, and uh, then everything is a big black sack and that's it. Or should I look at my existence as something that's much more interesting and complex? And should I be trying to find out about that and uh, and maybe making some sense out of that? And then I say, okay, now we're talking about what the occult should be. And this is what conventional religion used to be trying to tell people and saying, well, we've got a package answer for you here, you know, because we all got it written down. It's in the Bible here or it's in the Torah or it's in the Bhagavad Gita or it's in the uh, and then you'll either go to heaven or you'll be reincarnated and um, uh, or something else like that. Or if you're an atheist or an agnostic, well, you just croak and that's it. And goodbye. So. when I was when I was a kid, I was growing up. I was hearing stuff like that, and I was saying, "I don't buy this. It doesn't make sense. It's not good enough." I, I think I'm being sold a bag of goods here, and I need. I have a certain amount of time. I need to figure out what's real, what's really going on, what's happening, who's calling the shots, what's what is it with me? What am I? What is this thing called Michael Aquino, and what is it doing? What should it be doing? What do I need to find out? So once I had the um, able to formulate the question for myself, then it was just a question of sort of pounding the pavement to get the answers, and that's what I've been doing ever since. And when I see a person who says, well, I'm interested in the cult, I said, good. That means you're dissatisfied with what you understand about reality, and you want the answers to what's really going on. So we're back in the courtroom, and instead of my just saying, you can't handle the truth, I'm saying, okay, go out and find it. And if my books and my writings and my ravings on interviews like this help people to be able to go out and find stuff out that helps them, then we're talking, then we're cooking, then we're getting somewhere. Right. And of course, I did see Joe Biden getting buried out there. What are your thoughts on a good old Joe Biden? Joe Biden's a career politician who um, you put a dime in his ear and he plays a song for you. He's a he's a, a political jukebox. I mean, all of them right now that you see up there are political jukeboxes. They want your votes so they can get to power and either make some more money or just just enjoy having power, which they like to control people's lives because that's the way they measure their success. And they will do and say anything to do that. Uh, all they want to know is what audience are they talking to? What buttons can they push? Do they think right now it's racism? Uh, Trump got into a pissing contest with uh, the Fab Four or whatever it was a week or so ago uh, about whether whether or not he liked what they were saying, and, and either they or the press or, or whoever, somebody said, oh, racism. So now we've been hearing racism, 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 racism ever since then. Yeah. And, and most people out there in the real world, they don't know what the heck – they should think of except that racism is sort of like saying Nazism, you know, or in my in my generation, it was communism, you know, or something like that. And therefore, oh, a racist, he's bad, bad. You know, you can't be a racist. And I keep every once in a while just to poke people. I say, well, look, what's the matter with being a racist? You know, um, we've got, you know, we, we've got what? We've got reds. We've got yellows. We've got whites. We've got blacks, we've got brown. What's the matter with deciding that the one your particular color is kind of neat to be a member of and enjoying it? And that includes white as well as anybody else. So what's the matter with being a white racist? 
as long as you are polite about it and take pride in yourself and what your race has accomplished. Oh my God. You know? And I said, Oh, for God's sake, grow up. I said, White people have been doing stuff on the planet for a long time. So have black people, so have brown people. Well, you guys, you know, you went out and conquered the rest of the world and you stole everything from everybody. Yeah, well, well. Everybody who's living on any land right now or owns any property got it from somebody else or inherited it from somebody else. And if you track it down long enough, somebody beat somebody else over the head and stole it. Yes, that's very true. You know, when, when we talk about making America white again, we're talking about, well, let's just dial things back a certain distance to where where the white people stole America from the reds. Yes, everything right? is everything is racist nowadays. Yeah, and I that doesn't that doesn't that's kind of talking and thinking doesn't interest me because the color of your skin and the and the um uh even the culture that goes along in that in in that subsection of society shouldn't you shouldn't limit yourself to a definition of yourself that's on that level at all. I agree. Uh, oh, go ahead. I just say, you and I, we all know people of every possible color and shade who are idiots and who are really smart. Um, I know, I know uh, um, people with Asian backgrounds and with uh, African backgrounds who can buy and sell you and me in terms of their brilliance and intellectual uh, capacity. Jeez, I had, I had uh, the, the smartest student I think I had in, in all my years of teaching at Golden Gate was a, uh, a black girl. Uh, who desperately wanted to get into uh, uh, law school and not just some podunk law school after she was through, you know, a, a really good one. And I uh, I uh, recognized in her that she was just a genius. You know, she was brilliant. And I personally called up – I didn't just write a letter of recommendation to Georgetown Law School, you know, which was her dream in the clouds. I called them up. I said, listen – I'm not getting off this phone until I talk to somebody who I can communicate with because you do not want this student to get away from you. She's an absolute genius. She's a fine. She's brilliant. She will reflect the best possible thing on you guys. So you goddamn accept her. All right. And if you don't, I want you to, before you talk to her, you talk to me because I'm going to kick your ass. So they said, okay, Professor Aquino. And, uh, and uh, lo and behold, she got in, uh, got her degree and is out there, you know, barnstorming the world right now. So I, I couldn't have been less interested in what her skin color was. Sure. But what interested me was just simply her, the brilliance of her mind and her determination to exercise it. And that's, again, when, when we're, we're bringing this kind of thing back to your audience tonight, everybody out there, you want to exercise your potential. The, the, the Army had this old recruiting slogan, be all you can be. Well, that's actually a good slogan if you go ahead and do it, but that just means you really have to get out there and chew at it and put demands on yourself and say, what can I accomplish? I bet I can do a lot more than I am right now, and then just go do it. And if you can, do it with something that, A, is going to be nice for other people so that they enjoy seeing you walk in the room and you don't see, oh, here comes that shithead again. <laughs> um, I'm with also, you. Yes. And also so that you enjoy it yourself. We've seen a few people as we go through life who have managed to make a career for themselves doing something that they really like, you know, that they really like. And then they get really good at it and they make some money at it and they're delighted with themselves. So that's my second point. If, you're, if you find out what your skill area is and your interest area, um, try to turn that into your life's work 
instead of doing something that you hate just because you have to. That's good advice. Uh, yeah. And if you do these things, then you'll have a good time, you know. Definitely. Um, and, and just to quickly wrap up the whole uh, candidate talk here, do you think any of these potential candidates will be able to take down Donald Trump? Um, in a word, no, I don't right now. Um, I think that it's a clown show right now. And I, you know, my, my heart bleeds for the United States because so help me. When I was, when again, when I was a kid growing up, I was in the Eisenhower generation, you might say. You know, I was born in 1946. So my grammar school era was kind of in the 1950s. And my high school and college were in the 1960s. And in those days, we had an enormous amount of respect for any elected official, particularly at the federal government level, a, a senator, a United States senator or a United States president. These were like gods. And you didn't you didn't get to become somebody like that unless you were awfully, awfully smart and accomplished and respectable. And when you saw people like that making appearances, giving talks, everything they said was always polite and reasoned and and carefully argued um, and usually very inspiring. When you heard somebody like Adlai Stevenson give a speech or Dwight Eisenhower or John Kennedy or Richard Nixon, uh, and they were and they were discussing their policy proposals, you could you could listen to them seriously and say, that's interesting. That person has, uh, you know, makes some sense here. I'm not so sure about this part of it, but is definitely a somebody that I would be proud to see sitting in the Oval Office in Washington, you know, keep watching my back, so to speak, 24 hours a day. And today we've got this clown show. It and is. 50, 50 years ago, you had painted a picture like this and made a movie of it. You know, it would be something like the movie Airplane. I mean, you, you nobody could take this seriously, that we've got this kind of a um, uh, an ignoramus in the White House and we've got these clowns who think that they can unseat him, who know even less about what's going on. And I, I'm not, I'm when I say ignoramus, I just mean that Donald Trump is somebody who, who he ran for president almost as a joke. He got elected because people hated the idea of Hillary Clinton being president so much. Yes, that's another not question. Because, yeah, that's yeah. another thing I was going to ask you really quickly. Here yeah. was, do you think America is ready for the first woman president? We could, if it had the right, if it had the right uh, intelligence qualities, we would be ready for a centipede as president. <laughs> what we are, what we, what we, you know, what we, what we've got right now are a bunch of clowns, and it's dangerous to have a clown in the White House with as much power as that person has, just as it's dangerous to have clowns in the Congress. The difference is that when you've got clowns in Congress, what happens is, is that they all bring it to a halt, because unless it can get itself unified enough to cooperatively vote on something, it won't pass anything that's worth a damn. Yes, and only eight candidates have qualified for the third round of the debates. And, and, then you've, yes. and it's, just as, it's just as bad in the third branch of the government, which <laughs> is the court system, because yes. we've got a bunch of activist judges right now who, as soon as uh, the president announces a policy, somebody finds a sympathetic judge and the judge issues an injunction. And one doofus judge in Hawaii or or... Idaho or whatever can just reach out and sort of pull an emergency stop 
uh, court and the whole train comes to a halt right there where that's concerned. And that's wrong. The original, you know, I used to teach constitutional law. I know what the Constitution says. The whole point of the judicial ability to review the actions of the other branches is to prevent an, uh, something that's prohibited by the Constitution from happening. That's, you know, it's unconstitutional. So if the Congress passes a law that violates something that the Constitution says it can't do, then the court, and it's the Supreme Court, really, should be able to step in and say, I'm sorry, you can't pass that law or you can't implement it because the Constitution says you can't. And if the president issues an executive order, then the Supreme Court should be able to say, okay, here's what the Constitution says about that, and it says you can't do that, so you can't. But it doesn't mean that you twist and turn the Constitution around to come up with things that it never had in it, or or uh, you come up with the ability to use the courts to strike down um, official policy that are based on laws that shouldn't have become laws, like the, the president's arbitrary creation of DACA, for example. He didn't have the, you know, Barack Obama didn't have the ability to create uh, DACA, and he never should have. And the court should have, the minute he did it, the court should have said, sorry, you know, those those kinds of laws are reserved to Congress, and until Congress changes the law, you can't just step in and overrun them. And that's as far as it should have gone. And instead, the courts have become politicized to the point where they have become the lawmakers. And that's only going to go on for so long before Mr. and Mrs. Shotgun America get tired of it and uh, start and start ignoring the courts. Yes, and no one really stands out to me, in my opinion. Uh, people like Yang and Marianne Williamson or Williams. I'm not quite sure what her last name is now. I'm, I already forgot. See how see how memorable yeah. they are to, to to me. Sure. Well, she was sort of a breath of fresh air. At least she sounded like she was an honest person up there on the stage. I was just going to say, I like um, her as a person, yeah. definitely. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to see her in the White House, but you're saying, "My God, is somebody who's actually True. speaking the truth and not just yeah. and not just kind of coming up with an, a backstabbing soundbite, trying to figure out how she can stick Joe Biden in the back or <laughs> or some other person in the back." And therefore, she was a breath of fresh air. But beyond that, she shouldn't have been up there in the first place. Ooh. The last time we had upstarts yeah. were, you know, we had people like Jesse Jackson who had something to say. We had Ross Perot who had something to say. Uh, we've had occasional good um, candidates from the Greens and the Libertarians who have something to say. You don't just have idiots, you know, up there uh, trying to one up each other and sort of out trump each other. So I, I fear for what's going to happen. Um, I, I think that barring anything unusual like an assassination, I think that uh, Trump is going to walk into re-election. Re it seems because, like it. Just because what the Democrats are coming up with. Is so lamentable. They're, they're so idiotic. They're so you know. They're they're so terrible. I agree. If they I had, agree. If they could look over, they can. It's a big party. It's a big country. Can't they find another John Kennedy somewhere? Yes, you know? and they all these Democrats that we have now, they make Obama look like a Republican. Well, you know, so so my my big concern is is that uh, we're we're digging ourselves into a, a, a sand pit here uh, politically in 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 the the average uh, vote doesn't really carry the weight that it that, that it should the uh, representation is just not there now so so with that what is the path forward do you think doctor and I think we might have lost them oh. Okay, well, that's, yeah, that's don't worry. Bad. 
but uh yes we we lost him right now uh, unfortunately the car dropped yeah but that is that is uh that is my number when he gets back on i'll definitely uh i'd love to hear his thoughts on that but uh you know we we all see the problem and uh uh unfortunately it doesn't doesn't seem like there are any clear solutions politically um at this point uh it almost seems like like it's good to good idea to wipe the slate and, and start a new society but then that's crazy talk there's a lot of uh there's a lot of land for sale in south america that's for sure yes no doubt and i'm getting his number here back again that was unfortunate we were just rolling here oh it was a, a, quite the treat to, to hear hear some of his thoughts on on specifically the ability of the modern mind to 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 be able to really sit with information uh that's uh that's one thing that this generation and, and and those coming up are very good at accessing information but sitting with it digesting it it's uh i read a, a, a study the other day about uh a memory and, and specifically the, the the bottom line of it was that if you have to memorize something you don't really understand it yes Once you, and, and understand i'm it. sorry to cut you off eric but we are joined once again by dr michael aquino i'm sorry about that michael we are having some shaky internet problems here too many too many fbi people who are um, listening in and probably too many people from lots of other intelligence services too that's what i think that's it okay. is maybe they'll learn something yeah in exactly. any case yeah in any case you know my my bottom line is i think that barring anything surprising um i think we're headed for another 4 years of donald trump the the good news is that he seems to be very cautious in terms of trying to um, not start wars or or get us off into really dangerous foreign confrontations like that. So as long as he stays biased in the direction of, of not blowing the world up, then he can still learn. And he, he seems to be trying to learn as he goes uh, to be fairly decent as a president. Um, the the bad aspect of that is is that um, we seem to we seem to have polarized any Trump administration into a a him versus the Congress situation where where the Congress simply isn't going to cooperate with him at all. It's not too different in a way than what Barack Obama walked into when Obama got elected, but he at that time he had a Republican Congress that just simply wasn't going to cooperate with him, and there were a lot of people who for probably racist, you know, reasons, just said, we're not going to tolerate a black guy in the White House. And we're going to, if we can't get him out, we're just not going to let him do anything for eight years, and then we can forget about him. Oh, they voted for and a that, black guy over a woman. Yeah, well, sure. Um, and uh, and then, of course, we had, uh, in, the, in, the, in the second term, we had um, the senator from Arizona uh, going up against him, McCain. Right, and then McCain picks a a comic opera vice president woman, that gal from Alaska, who would be everybody's nightmare in the White House. Um, and McCain was already so old that he looked as though he wouldn't make it through four years, and you'd wind up with Sarah Ferguson or whatever her name was. Was that her name? I believe it was. Yeah, uh, so. in the White House, and that would have been even scarier than Donald Trump, you know. So. Uh, it wasn't surprising that that Barack Obama got reelected. But the, other than that, the Barack Obama years were eight years of 
of just nothing, you know, just neutral accomplishments in almost anything, except that it uh, the business with Obamacare pretty much wrecked um, the entire basis for the private industry called um, medical insurance in the United States. So now we're stuck with either the shreds of Obamacare or some kind of a socialized medicine uh, prospect with this uh, Medicare for all thing. And both of those are really lousy alternatives. Uh, when I was when I was a kid and you looked forward in life, okay, I have to, as I'm going through life, I will prob- I will have to make sure that I budget for uh, my living expenses, either rent or a mortgage. I'll have to budget to get a car and I'll have to budget, among other things, for my education and I'll have to budget for my health costs. And I'll get some insurance either through my employer or privately. And that's just part of my responsibilities as I grow up. And now people are suddenly saying, well, gee, I have a civil right to the free education and I have a civil right to the health care. Well, the Constitution doesn't say that you have either of those. Sorry, that's not what this country was built on. So just saying that you have a right to it, that sounds good, but there's, it's, not in the, it's not in the contract, Guy. Uh, and somebody is going to pay the bill, either you or somebody else. And like Maggie Thatcher said, the problem with socialism is that sooner or later you run out of the other person's money. That's true. So that's the mess that we're in right now, and it's not a nice – it's not a nice one. People say, if I got a solution, I'd say, well, um, we desperately need to to try to rebuild the private healthcare industry in this country because the socialized one isn't going to work, and the Obamacare is is imploding on an almost daily basis the way it uh, was set up and structured like that because it hamstrings the whole situation by sort of half socializing it. So this is a it's a, this yes. is a, a natural a national disaster that's kind of waiting to happen. Yes. I hate to sound like a Cassandra on this, but I mean that's where all these people who are up on stage there so they should be discussing their ass off in terms of the private healthcare industry. How can we rebuild it? Help it to rebuild and not waste their time on these silly ass backstabs or worrying about what you know bad man orange in the white house is saying or doing yeah it's ridiculous to be honest with you it seems like they're almost giving they're almost giving it away to uh, donald trump they are and when i said when i when i worried about assassination you know a little earlier in passing i was serious because it's beginning to look to me as though if i it, this is a little bit like what was going on during the Kennedy administration, and there were powerful people in the government who were looking at the forthcoming um, second term of John Kennedy coming up within a year uh, of the Dallas assassination, and they were saying, we cannot allow this person to be reelected, and therefore we'll have to take him down. And that's what happened. And I am very much afraid and I'm not I'm not just saying this because I, I am sympathetic or anything for Donald Trump, but I'm just saying if he were if he should ever be fearful for an assassination attempt, it's between now and next year, because that's rapidly becoming the only way that anybody's going to keep him out of a second term. And when you have that kind of a situation, then um, then that's when the uh, assassination stuff gets underway. Amazing. And yes, lots to consume there, lots to think about. And I believe Eric had something to add, add to that. Did you, Eric? Yeah, you know, well, well it, it seems like we're digging ourselves into a pretty deep pit. And uh, and I'm going to tell you, I've, I've pretty much lost faith in the political system in the United States. At, at this point, 
what, what is your advice to the, the average uh, citizen that we all see this, we all see the tower crumbling. We all see Rome burning. Right. Um, that the, the issue, the issue is, is that, that it doesn't seem the political system has a way out of this. What, what are your thoughts on that? Right. And, and you're right about that, Eric. I just wanted to quickly uh, tag on to that, that we are witnessing the big broken system right before our very eyes. Some people even think we are on the brink of some sort of civil war, even, Michael. You don't even have that going on because, and again, I'm speaking here as a an academician and a historian, too. Um, the forces that, that got together for the original civil war were fairly easily devised, divisible between the north and the south. They had to do with the economy, the, the control of resources, uh, what was being exported and not exported to Europe, um, and of course, Slavery was almost a minor issue in this. I think there were something like, you know, less than 5% of the people in the South owned slaves. And it was not that that big an issue. It just got a lot of noise because it was a um, something that you could yell about, a little bit like the racism stuff, you know, that's being yelled about right now. But the real issue was who is going to control the economy of the South? Is it going to be the financiers, the industrialists of the North who are beginning to own things down there? Or is it going to be the sort of agrarian, pastoral Southern Southern people who want um, to control things for themselves? And it divided sort of neatly right there along the lines between the Northern states and the Southern states. So, you know, when, when Abraham Lincoln won that election in 1860, then everybody South asked, okay, that's it for us. We're out of here. And the people in the North said, yeah, well, we got the guy we want. And the, the only question was, are we going to let the South go or are we going to force them back? And there were a lot of people who said, look, they don't want to be part of the United States. Just leave them alone. Let them go do their own thing. Um, and we'll do our thing and they can do their thing and nobody has to worry about it. But the greedy people up North says, no, we want to control the South. The South did not want to get into a, a war. The only thing they wanted to be was basically left alone, and they didn't want the North having remnants of military force around, like Fort Sumter and so on. So they said, no, we want you, shoo, you know, go away, leave us alone. And the North didn't do that, and so we started up with a war. And the war went on for three years, you know, before anybody got around to talking about things like slave emancipation at all. And Lincoln said, if I could reunite, you know, the country by freeing the slaves, I'd do that. And if I could reunite the country without freeing the slaves, I'd do that. Um, and when he did get around to the Emancipation Proclamation, it only applied to freeing the slaves that were in the southern states and not in the three northern states that were slave states because he didn't want to alienate them while the war was going on. So it was a propaganda. The whole Emancipation Proclamation was a propaganda stunt just to throw at the south and say, hey, I officially free the slaves that are in your territories down there. So the, you had you had then you had a chunk of the country that was fighting against another chunk of the country. But now we don't have neat state divisions. So you couldn't have a second civil war that's sort of down state lines here. Um, you'd have a free-for-all because you have the divisions are at the individual level. Uh, you'd have rioting in the streets, basically. And you don't have anybody who is a spokesman for one clean side or the other because the issues are so varied. So what we're looking at is a kind of a gradual breakdown into anarchy and 
to the extent that the borders are not under not under control, you'll have an increasing um, flow of migration up here from desperate people who are south of the border until we are indistinguishable from uh, Mexico and Honduras and El Salvador in terms of our situation and our our uh, our layout here. And we'll have a sort of a homogenized um, Western hemisphere. That's what our kids are generally looking forward to right now. So no when you look at a scenario is, like that, is there no way out I don't of it? What, see, what do you see as being a, a potential solution for the average person? I mean, I mean, it kind of seems like it might be time to abandon ship, but I'm not even sure where where where. Uh, to, to yeah, there's no this. there's no there's no safe place to run to uh, at this point. And if you you know people have tried to emigrate to places like New Zealand or to Canada in the past, and yes, you could, but the United States is the United States is sort of the economic linchpin of the world right now and has been since World War II ended. And if this country comes apart at the seams, then the world is going to be in one hell of a, uh, a mess. If you tried to just right now um, turn the light switch out for the United States and try to imagine what the rest of the world would be doing right now if we weren't here, and it would be a horror story. And that's what kind of what we're looking at. So my advice to the individual, first of all, I would go back to what I said at the beginning of the show, build your own skills up as fast as you can in terms of every possible educational skill and experience that you can get, <clears throat> cram those into yourself and become as resilient as you possibly can um, as soon as you can. Take every possible opportunity, every scholarship that you can get, every educational opportunity that you can get, um, Every usable skill that you can acquire, do that now, not later, because time is a wasting. And then secondly, um, surround yourself, if you can, with um, smart, resourceful people. Cooperate with them. Try to avoid being sucked into and being used by uh, these political nebishes, uh that you hear, as I said, in the media. Yeah. Try, try not to be a slave is sort of what I'm, I'm sort of trying to say here. I just re, I, I just uh, you know, I revised you, the Michael. Satanic Bible. Yes. I just revised the Satanic Bible, and that's that's its big message. There is this is a book you know that's supposed to help you find yourself and maximize yourself, and that's, that's it. And if it does that, then it's a success. And if it doesn't, then it's not doing its job. You know. I understand completely. And for those who are just joining in. I am speaking to Dr. Michael Aquino alongside EA Coetting right now. And of course, Michael, you are the founder of the Temple of Set, the former right-hand man of Anton LaVey. Uh, is that accurate to say? Yeah, um, I would say that for purposes of being cutesy about it, I'd probably say we would be more comfortable with the left-hand man of honor. Ah, there LaVey. you go. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, my, you know, my, my, my other comment there is historically in the past when there has been a national breakdown and a, a sort of a, a crisis like this, the traditional solution has been to start a world war. That happened with World War One, and it happened with World War Two, which was how uh, people got out of the Great Depression, really. And that, that, that kind of a solution galvanizes everybody uh, behind a sort of a primitive patriotism and makes them stop fighting among themselves so they can go fight a sort of a common enemy. And that's what happened in World War II. The conditions in the United States, as we were involved in World War I and II, were very much like a police state. You could not 
criticize the government. If you got out of line or you tried to interfere with anything, you just got immediately summarily locked up. Well, that's what's going on in Russia right now. Yeah, and it's what happens in the West when you get into major war like that and uh, and you start rattling the cage, you'll simply be locked up and snuffed out yeah. real quickly. So what the other danger that we've got as we see this break on breakdown going on is not so much a civil war because, as I said, we don't have clean lines for that anymore. Right. And that would be just an anarchic free-for-all, which would make break down things that much faster. What we really have to watch out for is World War III on an international level. And there are a lot of people in Washington, D.C. who think like that, including, you know, um, very obviously some of the advisors to uh, the president who are saying, start a war with Iran. Well, there's start a lot of, war with yeah. Iran. Get us into World War III over the whole Persian Gulf thing. And that's the way you'll unify the United States, because anything short of that won't do it. And other than that, we're facing sort of a national catastrophe here. When you hear people like Bolton and Pompeo, and they're they're agitating so hard to start a war over there, this is what's going on in their heads. They're not just full of bloodlust. They're trying to save the United States from coming apart. And historically, that's how it's been done. Yes, very interesting. It sounds stuff. horrible, but that's what we're talking about here. It is. And Eric, did you have something to add? Go ahead. Yeah, no, just the, <laughs> that uh, it, it does... It does seem like we are absolutely at a crisis, and and you know, and I I wonder it, at the same time that we see the uh, the our entire society once again Rome is Rome is indeed burning. We can see the the cars it's about to hit the brick wall. Uh, yeah, in, in in this moment, it does it does seem like we've uh, we've got to enter into some. There's got to be a transfiguration of some sort of of, uh, of our of our species. We we've got to move into something else. I wonder when when we when we talk about uh, transhumanism and 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 uh, the, the the path that technology is leading, is this a it, you know it's it, it's interesting. It seems it seems like uh, uh, Doctor Aquino, you don't. Uh, uh, you don't seem to to really have a lot of uh, uh, good to to uh, to say about I think the modern generation's way of accumulating knowledge, which is which is through these clicks, yeah, the the the, the clicks and the, the phones and and uh, and being plugged in. But it seems that that's not going to decrease. And so you know we see interesting things as our as Rome is burning. Everybody seems to be tuning into an unreal world of of the internet uh, as, a, sure. as a really prime yes. distraction. I, I just sure. want to quickly look add at, on look to. At the, uh... Yeah. Go ahead. I just want but to quickly I'm... add on to uh, what Eric was saying right now in terms mm -hmm. of transhumanism. We are seeing Elon Musk, who is taking a step forward to just that sort of future. Uh, Eric, as you mentioned, that transhuman transhumanism sort of future for all future generations. He wants to plug in some sort of a Bluetooth device into your brain, your your, your <laughs> cell phone, and that's just well, that's just the first step. Yeah, well, the ability to you know the ability to do that we've already got, but the sure. the, the the issue is what do you feed into this or what right. do you take from it? A few you know a few minutes ago when I'm wringing my hands and saying you know the sky is the sky is falling here, I didn't just sit around with my thumb up my ass when I began to realize this stuff. I wrote a book called Mind War, right? And the whole point of Mind War was to say we shouldn't be. We're smart enough as a species, we should not have to resort to blowing each other up and killing each other to solve problems. So 
what is going on here that we can address that's going to stop this bloodbath? And that's what I wrote that book about. And it's not a difficult – this is the other thing. Mind War is not a difficult um, book. It's not a difficult uh, tool to use. It just needs somebody to actually say, okay, we'll use these tools instead of these ones. And then I wrote another book, which is a how-to. In other words, if you once you um, once you have a society or a polis, you know, as as Plato would have called it, uh, in front of you that needs to be constructed for everyone's benefit and for everyone's happiness, sort of like the Declaration when it says, you know, for our, uh, to promote the general welfare and all this. Um, then how do you construct such a society intelligently? And that's the book called Find Far. And it's a companion to Mind War. And it's how you do construct a, a good society. So I've got the blueprints here. I'm just, you know, I, and I've circulated these things for free, you know, around the government. And I have gotten a lot of positive feedback from people. But what I need is for people to, you know, be goaded over the trying these things as solutions and to work with them. So this is not an insoluble problem, but it just means that people can't resort, just fall back on shooting each other as they usually do. Because if you learn nothing else, <laughs> if I've learned nothing else as a professional soldier over many, many decades, it's that nobody wins a war. Right. The very first thing in, in mind war is a quotation from Dwight Eisenhower, who was a five fucking star general. And he said, in that quote, nobody wins a war. Everybody suffers. Right, right, right. So we don't want to do that anymore, everybody. So here is the solution to how to do that. Uh, by the so, way, Michael, I've been getting bugged yeah. and irritated uh, with people wanting to call in. They're they're really bugging the shit out of me. So oh, yeah. we're, we're going to take a call here before they just drive me sure. crazy. And I just disconnect the other line completely. But <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Uh, caller, what's going on? You were You have something to say here. I got some peer pressure. I didn't even want to be the first caller, but the chat people were like, you've got to call in, and, and I'm not a, a you know a coward or anything. Well, so, no one was calling you, know. you a coward. No, so they were they were like, uh, you've got to go first, and they were, they were anyway, so well, here you're I here. am. I'm glad you're here. What, what's here up? Here I am. Yeah. Hi. Hello. I, uh, hi. Yes, this is the all-seeing you. Nice. What's up? Um, okay. Uh, I've got some notes here. I, I was prepared oh, you, for this. Oh, you rehearsed. I rehearsed uh, <laughs> oh, ahead <my>. of time. <laughs> uh, there's a preface and everything. Uh, one thing that I want to start out with is, hi, Dr. Aquino and, and um, Michael and Eric, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I don't know. Can anyone else hear me? Uh, Michael, can you hear her? No, uh, I can't, so you'll need to re- uh... I can't hear Michael. What, what about now? Can you hear her now, Michael? I, I hear. No, I'm not hearing anything from her. Oh no, I just heard him. There, I heard your. I heard her now. There you go. Oh. Now I guess okay. can talk. Okay, good, good. Okay, what I was saying was, uh, hello, Doctor Aquino. It's a pleasure to speak with you, and and um, I, I'm. This is. Uh, a, I think the the scientific term for this phone call right now is shit show. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, so I, I wanted to say that, uh, Lepo, Lepo, my friend, my friend Lepo is the reason why I'm even having, uh, finding myself in this position where I'm talking to you on the internet, which is kind of a crazy thing, but he's a good guy. Did you have a Who question? Did, did you have a question or what's up? 
Oh. Um, yes, I guess I can speed things along. Fire away. Yeah, got to do it. Yeah, we'll do it that way. Um, let's see, how do I do this fast? Well, you ask a a question. Yeah, yeah, and every time you say that, I I get a little bit more psyoped, and I I feel less and less like asking it. (laughs) I I think... Well, come on, sister, you got to spit it out here. (laughs) That's the part where I hang up, and... Well, then you're free to hang up, then. And there she goes. I'm not going to waste the listener's time with people just rambling without asking a fucking question here. I mean, you got to do better than that. Come on, fucking people here. Give me a break. While we're waiting waiting for the next call, a quick (laughs) response to what I was rambling about a minute ago. The very first and most important thing is keep the United States from starting up a World War III. And I don't care who uh, is blamed for starting it, whether it's the Israelis or the Palestinians or the Iranians or whoever the hell. We do not want a World War III to start, so anybody who argues for starting a World War III or any excuse that you choose here, don't buy it and try to push out against it as best you can. We do not need a World War III. That's going to be curtains for the whole shooting match with all the stuff that's around these days. Um, Number two, short of that, we're looking at a very stressed and anarchic time in the United States. We just have to deal with this as best we can on a day-by-day basis. Try to keep yourself as sane as you can, and just when you get choices in front of you, take the smart ones instead of the stupid ones, uh, and just sort of walk it through, because that's kind of where we are at the moment. That would be my my short answer. Understood. And, of course, Michael, I do have to bring this up here as I didn't really want to, but how are things going on out there in San Francisco? Are you still being harassed by the self-proclaimed son of Hitler? Um. I don't think who, who I've never been harassed by I, anybody calling himself the son of Hitler, as far as I know. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm not being I'm not being harassed by anybody at the moment, but that's not an invitation for somebody to start up because I've got enough trouble with my cat. I, I'm with you on that one. I do have some stray cats now who are troublesome. <laughs> but yes, I'm referring to the uh, crazy man Douglas Dietrich out there. Oh, I haven't heard of, I haven't heard anything from or about him in a long time. I think. I think he uh, blew himself out and got tired of telling lies and that nobody cares what he says anymore anyway. Well, here's what the lunatic is up to now. I have obtained some intel that was stating that this man was planning to write a book as soon as you passed, Mr. Aquino. Oh, well, I I wish him well. <laughs> That's a good answer. He'll probably make my, he'll probably make my book sell better. What a coward! I just have to say, what a coward to 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 say that he'll he'll put out a tell-all book only after Doctor Aquino can't defend himself. What a coward! I just have to say there's that. There's nothing. There's nothing to defend. You know, the guy is a bull thrower. His uh, his claims for his own history are easily debunked because he's claimed so many credentials for himself that don't stand up. That anybody who tried to look at uh, him and verify what he claims to be his government or military history or anything like that would see that he makes up this stuff just from uh, just from thin air. And my own life history is very strongly documented. It's all there in my books. It's out there in official records for anybody to see. So I'm not worried at all about one more stinky dork book thing or somebody who tries to make up lies. I'm not right. worried about that in the slightest, whether I'm here or not. I'm with you on that Least one. Least of all, Douglas, Douglas Dietrich. 
Yes, sir. And I was just very curious what you thought of that lunatic out there, what what he was up to. And now that you know his plans, it's very dark and cowardly oh. that he is uh, waiting to do this uh, sort of thing as soon as he passes away. That's He's that's probably thinking about the fact that you can't libel somebody who's dead uh, only while they're alive, so that if he wrote a um, if he tried to write a book like that, libeling me or uh, misrepresenting me while I was still alive, I could theoretically sue him, except that he also doesn't understand that there's no point in this country in suing somebody if they don't have any assets, because the only thing that you can win is a monetary judgment. And if they aren't worth anything, then you just basically throw your money, your own money away um, for no reason. But people like that are their own worst enemies because they're they're known as liars and they're known as bull throwers. So why waste time with them? That's true. Let him say whatever he wants to say, and everybody can you know just shrug it off. That's my attitude. Yes, and Michael, as we get into dark matters here, as of late yet again, it seems like people have been dragging your name into X, Y, and Z yet again. Anytime something happens, it's automatically Michael Quino's fault. All of a sudden. Well, that's news to me. I haven't been accused of anything uh, recently that I'm aware of in the last 48 hours. So what's new? Uh, well, it's just the same old thing. Going back to the Presidio again. I wrote a book on that. It's called Extreme Prejudice. and It details in extraordinary documented detail the entire situation around the whole Presidio scam. And anybody who is interested in that subject is more than welcome to get the book. Um, very inexpensive is a Kindle, and of course, uh, it's a very huge book, but it's very modestly priced as a paperback. It's the size of a phone book, because I didn't want to leave any information out, pro or con, and you can go ahead and read it for yourselves and make up your own minds, and I'm perfectly happy with that. Bottom line, I've never molested any kids anytime, anywhere, for any reason, um, uh, period, exclamation point, and there's not a shred of evidence uh, that I ever have, and... And that's it. Anybody can allege anything they want for any reason or whatever. I can allege that you're actually a Martian <laughs> and that Eric is from Venus, and that's the, this is an interplanetary conspiracy. And that doesn't mean that either of you are, but I can certainly go ahead and allege it. Sure. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, you, 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 um, not, not, not only can they not prove it, you've proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. I, if, if that was prosecution to be had, it would have been had, but, but, but you've been cleared by that, by, by everybody. But it, not, not only is it a, a, a huge smokescreen, because the things, the deepest things that you are teaching, the, the actual uh, uh, embracing of the, of the self, finding yourself, these are, these things are, are in the shadows for for just about everybody. But they but they threw up this witch hunt, and it was a quite literal witch hunt. And all of the evidence points to that. Uh, all of the evidence shows exactly uh, what was going on there. The 1980s was a national, I would say, an international fad of making satanic ritual abuse accusations. And it wasn't just you know against me or my wife. It was thousands of people internationally in the United States, Britain. Um, Canada, Australia. So, I mean, this was a this was a, a phenomenon that was going on, and thousands and thousands of people suffered with these accusations in these scams. And it was all driven by money because people were after lawsuits and they were after claims against the government. The whole thing that the chaplain tried against me in, at the Presidio was because he and his wife put in a fake claim for three million bucks. It's a lot of money against the government. It was money. 
pure and simple, and that's all it was. He couldn't have given it. We never met each other. We didn't know each other's families. I never saw his stepdaughter. I, I wouldn't have known him from Adam and Eve. He didn't give a damn. Neither did his wife. They they didn't know us. They didn't even like us or dislike us. They just saw us as an easy $3 million meal ticket. Understood. And, and it was as simple as that. And, Doctor, we do have another caller here. Yeah, go ahead. Let, let's see what no, our caller has to say here. And please turn down your stream caller, if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah, there, there you go. Thank you. Uh, caller, did you have a question here? Kind of hard to listen to what's going on. Please turn down your stream. Oh, no, you definitely have to turn down that stream, my friend. Okay. Yeah, definitely. If anyone wants to call in, please do so, but please turn off uh, the stream or else there'll be uh, this weird little uh, echo. Otherwise, otherwise you're in an echo, 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 echo chamber. There you go. <laughs> Caller, what's up? Let, let, let's hear it. Oh, boy. Caller, go ahead. You no. are here for us all. Go ahead. Hey. Oh, no. You know, I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead and jump in uh, real quick uh, uh, since since this caller is not picking up the ball, yeah, quite fast enough here. Very slow. Um, uh, you you know the the, uh, the several decades later, decades later, uh, downstream from all of these events, uh, long after you've already cleared your name, your name does still get brought up in in uh, people who are still going through these uh, uh, so-called recovered memories of, of satanic ritual abuse. I do hear it uh, on, on a regular basis from clients who come to me uh, uh, wondering about why uh, Michael Aquino has, has has focused his eye on them, and that, that you're you're putting curses on people, that you're still active in all of this, and it is a, it is such a delusional fantasy. I, I mean, it. It, it, it's a folk it's crazy how your it's a image folk legend at this point, and uh, I don't, you know, there there has about this since the end of the '80s when I cleared all this up for anybody who was an official investigator who really seriously was looking into it, and that was the that was the end of it from a serious standpoint. And what we're dealing with since then has been either people on the lunatic fringe who do this as a personal hobby. Or people who just throw the name of Michael Aquino around the way they used to throw the name of Anton LaVey around or something and say, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and they say, oh, my, oh, and by the way, Michael Aquino was in that parking lot, you know, at the Safeway or something. And it, it's I, I don't care about it anymore. Neither should you worry about it. It's any moment spent on it is just too much because the nutcases are going to be blathering about this stuff uh, long after you and I are pushing up daisies. So. I, I would say that it's really not worth wasting time on the, even during the interview here, unless somebody wants to know if I really was in the Safeway parking lot last Saturday or something, <laughs> in which case I can say no. Is it a psychological issue? If, or if people find themselves uh, thinking that they have seen you in a satanic ritual abusing children, should they seek professional help? Well, uh, you know, they, they should seek some kind of help if they really believe it, because what you're saying is that they're believing something that isn't true. Somewhere, they're either they're either they're bullshitting you if you're if they're lying on your couch and, and telling you, or they're imagining it themselves because it simply didn't happen. And whichever way it is, I can't be their confessor, and neither can you. But a lot of people, and I'm sure you're aware of this if you're in a mental health field or something. People don't like to take responsibility for themselves and their decisions. They'd rather blame it. Oh, the devil made me do it, you know, in some way or other. Or Michael Aquino made me do it. Or Donald Trump made me do it. Or anything, anything else other than I made myself do it. 
And that's what we're really getting down to here, because any kind of an excuse, I don't hear the satanic ritual abuse is basically a dead issue because everybody, that's last year's hat, everybody wore it out. Um, it kind of started to get worn out when people began translating it over into the accusations against the churches that had a lot of money, like the Catholics. And then that's where the big money is to be made. Well, nowadays and it of seems— of course, the Catholics do have those kinds of problems. Yeah, and nowadays it seems like the entire Jeffrey Epstein case that's underway, uh, lots of conspiracy theorists out there bringing up your name, blaming you for everything, Michael. That's what I was getting well, at. I don't know. I, I don't know Jeffrey Epstein. I never heard of his name before, like anybody else on the news. And— uh, I, I, you know, I've lost count of the amount of Washington D.C. sex parties that I'm supposed to have been invited to. Sure. All I can say is, if I've been in charge of the of the party that was being shown in Eyes Wide Shut, I would have had it much more exotic and entertaining than you saw in that movie, because that was pretty dull. Just a bunch of old guys taking their pants off and uh, and and uh, doing public fucking, which to me is kind of boring. Well, you know, for someone like myself who's never been invited to any of these parties, I feel kind of left out. You should at least have a good buffet. You know, um, you have to remind people if they're going to wear masks, only wear masks that cover the top part of your head so that your jaws and mouth are open so that you can actually eat something from the buffet table without revealing who you are. You know, simple stuff like that. I mean, consideration right. is the word here. And by the way, one of the callers that was trying to get in here before his cell phone went dead, uh, he was wanting to ask if you were aware of Enki. Enki? Yes, sir. I-N-K-Y? Right. E -N -K never heard of it. E-N-K-Y. E-N-K-Y. E no, never heard of it. Enki is one of the forms, uh, basically a creator god uh, of, of the ancient Sumerians. Well, there were a lot of uh, ancient gods in the Bronze Age. Uh, the one that we're stuck with today, for the most part, his original name was El, E-L. And today he's popularly known in Judeo-Christianity and Islam as Jehovah. Right. But he was just one more nasty Mesopotamian Bronze Age god, along with Moloch and Baal and the rest of them, and uh, who was into human sacrifice and basically dumping on human beings and making their lives miserable if they didn't uh, obey his every fetish. And that's the uh, God that most people worship today for reasons that continue to escape me. So I'm, I'm not sure who Enki might be, but probably one of the uh, in, uh, rivals in the, of In the Sumerian myths, Enki was actually the, uh, the liberator who, who liberated humankind from that slavery. And so in that way, Enki is often associated with Satan, Sat, or Lucifer. Right. Well, Satan, Sat, Lucifer, um, you know, was... If you go back far enough, as we have in the Temple of Set, you find that what you're really looking at in a is sort of a clean and pure sense is an original opposition between individual consciousness and everything that is not it uh, in terms of the Set versus Horus the Elder or Harwar dichotomy that the Egyptians recognized. And later, of course, the... the, uh, the objective aspects of the not-self were uh, recognized as the variations of the various um, physical god beings, such as the Netaru, the term usually used, which is where you get Isis, uh, Osiris, Nephthys, the rest of them. And Set was the principle of individual consciousness as opposed to everything else, or what you might call, if you were Rod Serling, the fifth dimension. And this had really very little to do with um, the Judeo-Christian Satan, except that uh, 
when they began trying to develop a more sophisticated explanation for L and said, well, this is the God of the whole universe. And they said, well, there has to be kind of an, an opposition. A, 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 we're missing something, something that represents this this wild card of, of human presence here that can be kind of in opposition or rebelliousness to it. Oh, I know. We'll, we'll come up with, well, let's just call it Satan, you know. And Satan in the original Mesopotamian um, lingo was originally an art critic. He wasn't some. He wasn't symbolic of evil. He was an assistant to God who said, "God, you know, L, you um, screwed up here. You didn't do a very good job of making this human being creature. And I'll show you how imperfect he is by tripping him up so that he stumbles a lot and insults you a lot, and then you can beat up on him all the more." And that was the beginning of how Satan began as a sort of a district attorney or an accuser or a prosecutor or as a muller, <laughs> as it were, right. um, back then. And then later on, it got kind of simplified into a personification of evil. But by evil, it just meant anything that L didn't like. And that's where it is today. So most people have a very childlike and a very primitive and a very stupid understanding of this good-evil dichotomy. That's something that the certainly in the temple of set and and for an individual who's just exploring this you know i would i would say to you take a look at my book called illuminank i l l u i n a n k h excuse me a n x illuminank because that is a book that is designed to take the whole concept of personal religion for a person who is considering whether to be a conventional religionist or any other kind of religionist, or an agnostic, or an atheist, and offers all these things and their and their justifications and their counterarguments, and puts them on the table and says, "Here is what's what you're really trying to decide about, and here are some rational ways to look at this and make sense for yourself." So, if you're confused on the subject of good and evil, and devils, and satans, and things. Uh, you don't want to look at the Satanic Bible first of all. Um, I would say go get a Luminank and look at that. And then if when you're through with that, you decide that what you what you are reading in there in terms of the left-hand path or a Satanic or Setian approach seems to make sense to you, then pick up something like the Satanic Bible and go into stage two of that. Right. But if not, if not, you'll find some very good pointers in other directions. I tell people who want to harmonize themselves with the objective or the physical universe and its gods and its Netaru, that the best thing that they can do, and I highlighted in that Illuminate book, is go pick up a set of books called Herbach, H-E-R-B-A-K, by Aisha Schwaller de Lubbock. That is a walkthrough in very easy-to-understand terms of the ancient Egyptian cosmology that was studied and articulated by Rene Schwaller de Lubbock, known as Symbolism. It's absolutely brilliant, and Aisha was his wife, and she said, Renee, all the books that you've written are too damn hard for people to understand. I'm going to write this up in a storyline that people can understand, and she did, and that's the Herbach uh, set of books. It's published by um, Inner Traditions. Amazing. It's a paperback. Yes, Inner Traditions, a, a great publishing company. Yes. They send me books all Don't the time. That. Oh yeah, yeah I'll so, definitely. So if you want, if you want a good, if you want a good religious philosophy that you can live with, that's based on the universe, that doesn't have anything to do with the satanic or setting approach. If you if you don't like that idea, go take a look at Illuminac, read through it, and then pick up a set of Herbach and go for it, and you will be a very happy and balanced person. Nice, and of course, Michael, as we wind down here tonight, we are coming close to the end of this 
spectacular interview here with myself, you, and EA Coetting. I thought we could talk a little bit of, of about some random uh, current news here. And of course, Michael, I do want to compliment you on those eyebrows of yours. Yeah, the eyebrows have been around since I was born. You're ahead of the you game. see them on my baby pictures. You were way ahead of the game, Michael. Just want you to know that. Way ahead of the game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Michael, to be honest with you, I get emails about your wife, Lilith, how she's doing. And, of course, I get asked about those eyebrows and how amazing they are. Lilith is in great shape. She's gorgeous at always, as always. Uh, drool runs down my chin whenever she walks in the room. <laughs> um, she just yelled, stop it, from the other room. Uh, and she's laughing at I me can now, hear her. but that's okay. She can laugh at me all she likes. Yes. I must have done something right if the devil gave her to me. That's true. Anyway, uh, anyway, as far as the eyebrows are concerned, anybody who wants to go look up my grammar school photos in at Town School for Boys in San Francisco will see that in my in my childhood pictures, the eyebrows are there already, so they haven't been photoshopped or anything. Incredible, and of course, I know we talked about this before. Uh, going towards more of the conspiratorial realm for one moment here, I think uh -huh. I could have asked, I think I've asked you this uh, before, but in terms of 9-11, uh, just to clarify things here, do you believe the U.S. government could have prevented the 9-11 attacks? Of course it could have. The 9-11 uh, attacks uh, had nothing to do with the, uh, with the Arabs. They were a joint uh, conspiracy by the state of Israel and the U.S. intelligence community, principally the CIA. And this is not at all difficult to figure out. Anybody can do it for yourselves. It's kind of hard to hijack an airplane if you aren't on it, right? Right. Okay. Now, you just tell your listeners to chase down the final official, and I'm not talking about the various fake ones that were put out early, the final and official verified passenger manifests of those four flights. They are available on the Internet, and you will find that there is not a single Arab on any of them. Not one. Amazing. Okay? Zero. You can't hijack a plane if you're not on the thing. The planes did not hit the towers. They did not hit the Pentagon, and they did not hit a field in Pennsylvania. They were flown to Westover Air Base and landed there. Uh, the um, cell phone calls that were supposedly made from them were made on the ground, which is why you don't hear any background airplane noise on any of them. Right. And why the cell phones actually worked, because they would not work from planes in the air. Absolutely. well known. Not at that time, yes. They were more or less at the same time. The passengers on all these planes were then killed, and the planes were then disposed of. And that was that. Amazing. The whole thing was well, done to uh, create a Pearl Harbor-like justification for the starting the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And you Pearl Harbor. Period, exclamation point on behalf of the state of Israel. And that's, yeah. it could not have been done, obviously, without uh, cooperation or and a hands-off from the uh, uh, Central Intelligence Agency and the FBI, which is why uh, when you get the Mueller report uh, and you wonder about the ethics of Mr. Mueller, just remember he was the guy who was in charge of the FBI during 9-11. Oy vey. Go ahead, Eric. So you shouldn't, this is, you this, shouldn't, this uh, is a massive... You shouldn't believe this guy 10 oh. days from Sunday on anything he says. Amazing. Go ahead, Eric. No, th th this is a massive... Uh, I mean, what, what you're describing, what you're describing is is absolutely in alignment with the facts. But what you're describing is is also a uh, uh, a clear sign of, of a 
the, the United States is using its military force in a psyops against the, the its own citizens. Yeah, well, we've been basis. doing that for a long time. I mean, it started out with a battleship Maine, you know, uh, the Spanish-American War. There was the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Um, these, this business, it's called a false flag operation. I discussed it in uh, Mind War a bit. And uh, this business of, you know, the Israelis tried to blow up an American ship. I think it was the USS Liberty during the Six Days War. Indeed. I think its name was. And they failed. But they, the plan was to blow it up, kill everybody on it, and then blame it on the Egyptians. And unfortunately, they didn't succeed in sinking it, and Americans survived. President Lyndon Johnson called back the planes that were en route from a U.S. carrier to shoot down the Israelis that were trying to sink that ship and kill all the Americans, but they still didn't do it, uh, even after Johnson called back the rescue uh, flight that was in way, and Israel didn't suffer for it at all. So basically, we we're kissing Israel's ass, uh, and that's what 9-11 was all about. And the fact that several thousand Americans had to die uh, was incidental. Yeah. Business as usual. Yeah, business as usual. And, of course, one of the most interesting news stories as well that the mainstream media has been running lately, of course, is, in fact, on UFOs. Um, I know we've talked about that before as well, but uh, it's interesting to see that the Navy has changed their protocol and how sightings are now reported by uh, pilots. I was very curious on your opinion on this sort of thing, Michael, and I also wondered if perhaps you might have heard about anything like that, maybe perhaps at, uh, in Vietnam at any time, if maybe there were any unidentified flying objects in the skies during that time period. Okay, short answer. Um, a Go quick ahead. bit of history here. Do it. I was one of the United States's uh, one of the United States Army's first uh, formally qualified space intelligence officers, with a uh, code prefix of three Y after my strategic intelligence thirty five Bravo at the time. That was in nineteen ninety. I was one of the first U.S. Army officers as a lieutenant colonel going through the what was then the U.S. Army Space Institute, and has since been absorbed into uh, training by the U.S. Air Force. And at that time, um, as I said, I was formally credentialed as a Joint Space Intelligence Officer and then assigned to headquarters U.S. Space Command in Colorado Springs, the Peterson Air Force Base, which is the senior headquarters over Cheyenne Mountain, uh, for the next four years as, the, as a Space Intelligence Officer. Um, and my specific uh, area of assignment was in the J-2 area, which is the Joint Intelligence Office of Headquarters Space Command. And I was the X officer, which is, uh, give, should give everybody some amusement there, because that is, in fact, the origin of the old X-Files concept. X handled a review of any kind of incident that was picked up by Cheyenne Mountain that couldn't be explained away by known protocols of uh, aircraft or spacecraft that was identified up there. So when something anomalous would happen, it would come over my desk, not for immediate response, because that was done by a flag officer right up there in Cheyenne Mountain. But I would have to look through the reports of it and the analyses of it and decide whether or not it was something we had to worry about or pay attention to. Bottom line, in four years, I did not see anything that suggested that we were under attack from another planet. There's a lot of anomalous stuff up there. There is a lot of UFO activity. Most of it is what you'd call normal space crap going on, which means meteors, uh, small comets, things flying around up there. There's a lot of trash in space. It isn't an empty vacuum. Uh, 
Um, a lot of stuff comes near to or close to the Earth and gets chewed up by the atmosphere, which is lucky for us, otherwise we would look like the surface of the moon here. There's also a lot of space junk up there that we is, is a result of half a century worth of the United States and other countries sending rockets up there and leaving pieces of them flying around. So there's an enormous, there's thousands, you know, just tell anybody who wants to Google space junk. You'll be astounded at the amount of stuff is up there that, that NORAD and uh, Spacecom had to keep track of all the time. And it was keep coming over my desk and saying, so what about this? You know, bottom line, there is, um, if you've got any physicists out there, forget Einstein. Okay, forget this notion that you can't travel faster than light. Of course you can. You can keep. You can go up to 186,000 miles per second. You put your foot on the gas pedal and go another one hour, one mile an hour, and there you are, and it's no big deal. What happens is that you are dealing with the ability of yourself to measure yourself against any other object. This is the problem with a fourth-dimensional existence. This is what the four dimensions really mean, and I discuss all this in detail in FindFar, because. What you are looking at in terms of speed is your speed relative to something that can detect you or that you can detect. And the minute that you go past that, because you're flying faster than the communications media that are being used to do that measuring, you blink out. They can't see you. You can't see them. This is the problem with, with claims of interstellar you know, UFOs flying here from Alpha Centauri. To go fast enough to reach the Earth is not a problem. But the minute that they start going that fast, the, in any sane analysis of being able to measure yourself against anything else in the physical universe so that you can take a bearing, you lose it because the, you basically outpace the entire electromagnetic spectrum, which as far as we know, defines the objective and electromechanical universe. Somebody trying to reach here would be flying blind until they got here unless they took an awfully, awfully pinpoint snapshot of their destination before they accelerated. I heard, did so the, you have... the odds of that are next to impossible from a physical standpoint, as you can probably figure out if you think about it. Understood. What you're seeing when you see about events here on Earth are Earth-based stuff, the kind of things that go on because we're making new toys at Area 51, where I've been several times, by the way. Amazing. Uh, Eric, did you have something to add? Yeah, you know... Uh, go ahead. It, it, it seems like... Um... Like it, like any uh, adventure, any journey, uh, we we can't see what's on the other side, on the other shore, until we hit, in, until we get there. I think it's important that that we do get there. You know, we, we it's interesting that we have all of the uh, communication technology that was promised by Star Trek, but none of the propulsion technology, none of the the teleporter technology. But it does seem like we're hopefully hopefully getting there. But it, it, it I think that. Once we enter into that uh, that hyperdimensional space where we can travel faster than the speed of light. By the way, Eric, um, we we lost him again. Oh, the wow. uh, <laughs> the the uh, internet uh, clipped out again. As I as I start going, he uh, he's pushed off. That's, that's unfortunate. Don't worry, that was on my end though. It's not mm -hmm. nothing to do with uh, you or anyone else for that it's just the internet here it's been really strange and it it dropped for a moment and when i checked the application here on the other laptop it, it was down and i thought oh god here we go again just when things were going so so uh so swell here 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Despite the, I'll uh, get them back. The, the, the interruption it seems like uh, we're able to keep keep things on track. So excellent. Yeah, man. And how do you feel about that? The, the pilots seeing these things in the sky, the Navy having to change their protocol. What, ex- the, what do you think this is from another planet or do you think this is maybe some sort of craft that we are not aware of, even though the capabilities and their maneuvering is something that has never seen that something that we've never seen here rather uh, before. If, if, if they've traveled here uh, from another planet, it, 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 they're, they're not just tourists that have traveled here from another planet. Let me put it that way. They, they, they have been here throughout all of our mythologies. They, they, they have been here from the beginning of time, as far as as far as our recorded history is concerned. We call them devils, angels, uh, fairies, uh, elves. Well, you know, we've called them a lot of different things, but they have been among us, and uh, it, it, it seems like there is something very real going on. Something that's being recorded on the highest technology military equipment at this point. From uh, if you're piloting one of these craft, these craft that, that cost a ridiculous fortune to to, to make, the, the the military trusts you to make decisions about what you're observing. And when when we have these pilots that are observing these these phenomena that they're not able to account for, that they say they, that these things are traveling beyond. The speeds and and with propulsion system that's that's completely not possible by our understanding of physics. Hello? We we do have to stop and consider what we're actually dealing with, and that, and that's exactly what I think the military and the government is doing is they're trying to figure out what are we dealing with. At this point, they've done a really great thing by identifying these as aerial threats. That, yes. that, that, that putting the word threat in there has engaged the military to actually look into this. Yes, Michael, welcome back to the program. We were just here. yeah we were just discussing if what we are seeing is from this world or perhaps another government uh judging the fact that these things have capabilities in maneuverability that is something we've never seen here on earth it's from this government and it's on this world i mean that's the short answer to it it seems like nobody's got nobody has the uh capability that we do in the area of stealth aircraft and research just think back to a few years ago when they unveiled the b2 and the uh and the stealth fire, what you know, what jaws dropped at that point, and we've been working our ass off since then. That's what's going on at the Skunk Works all the time, and uh, you know that's what they play around with at Area 51 and stuff. I mean, this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. We're awfully, awfully good in these in these areas, and there's no country on the planet that can come close to us. The 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 people that we're futzing about right now are the Chinese, primarily because they still steal stuff from us in terms of our technology, because they don't have that kind of a technological base on their own 20 years ago they couldn't get a goddamn rocket off the ground and now they're <laughs> flying stuff into space because they got the technology from u.s industries and uh, and that shouldn't surprise anybody although it's not really a you know something that people like to hear same thing with north korea how do you think that bozo up there learned how to build icbms and nuclear bombs and stuff they stole the technology smart. this is all united states technology that these guys got and a little bit of it from russia who got it from us you know earlier than that this is the country where these these kinds of brain things are going on at Raytheon and and Lockheed Martin and all the rest of that all the time, 24 hours a day while you're asleep, guys. Wake up, all right? And that's what you're looking at here. So anytime you see something, I was at the CIA one day and somebody said, well, blah, 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 and blah, blah. And, I, you know, I was a pilot and I saw this thing go by my 747 like it was a ball of fire, you know. And he said, yeah, well, you probably saw an SR-71. 
which has a titanium hull, and when it's going faster than Mach 3 or 4 or something like that, the whole thing glows like a fireball and goes by you, wham, like that. And then you call up air traffic control and you say, oh, I saw this goddamn thing just go by me. They aren't going to say, oh, well, that was just the CIA and they just flew an A-12 or an SR-71 by you. They're going to say, we don't see nothing here. <laughs> this is business as usual in the Space Command uh, and, and as I said, all the uh, people who rent space at Area 51. And speaking of Area 51, it seems like there is a group of a lot of people that uh, plan to uh, breach the perimeters oh. of Area 51, which is completely ridiculous. Michael, I did want your take as well as yours, Eric. Well, my take is they aren't going to get very far. They'll just get rounded up and locked <laughs> up and then well, uh, patted on the butt and say, okay, go home and be good. You know, I don't think anybody's going to get shot unless they're stupid. But well, well that, uh, I'll tell you what, that is my concern, though, is that our, our military has been known to kill people. And, yeah, uh, but they aren't going to try and the, kill the, the, Americans the, in Area 51 if they can avoid it. I mean, they, they would, it's easier just to round them up. Uh, and uh, ship them home and maybe hit them with a fine and tell their wives or girlfriends to spank them and, uh, and keep them home. The only way you're going to get in and out of Area 51 is on a Janet, you know, and it's a little hard to get a Janet ticket unless you've got one. That's Oh, excuse me, that's the, uh, the chartered air, airplanes that fly out of uh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. I would go up and back from there. Yes, very interesting. And, of course, without having to mention this, I still feel like I, I have to. Well, okay. The fact that... It involves your sex life. I'm not <laughs> sure that I can, you know. But anyway, go ahead. Well, actually, that's going well. But the thing is, <laughs> I, I wanted to say that there is a war on freedom of speech playing out right in front of us. And no one is still talking about it. Everyone's still very quiet about that. The fact that we are currently seeing all these sort of uh, individuals being censored and we're, we're seeing things with Google as well. The primary uh, player here that's causing all this censorship. Many individuals out there are losing their ways of even generating any kind of income for themselves. Lots of these individuals are having their assets frozen even all because no, this of, is not good. Yeah, it's not this good. Is not good. Yes. All this because kind of, of it's not good. All because of something they said that, an opposing opposition uh, doesn't necessarily agree with, and it gives them this sort of uh, power over these other individuals to completely shut them out. And well, this has been going terrible. on since uh, since Adam and Eve, uh, you know, guys. Uh, as I said, during World War II, if you spoke out against the government, you'd be accused of sedition and uh, locked away in a prison. Today, you just get uh, frozen off the Internet, which isn't quite as painful, although it can be frustrating if you've committed your life to Internet access that way. But yes, I mean, it's, it's when you look at these large media platforms, whether it's Facebook, which I'm not a member of, by the way. So if you ever see a Michael Aquino there, it ain't me. It's not you. And, uh, and uh, you know, or Twitter or all these things. Yes, you're subjecting yourself to the control of whoever is going to be censoring that stuff. It even happens in places like Wikipedia and so on, uh, where somebody gets to control who's being said about what. So I would say that the, the ability, the extent to which you can free yourself from dependent upon something that somebody else has a whip hand over, uh, go that route and try and uh, spread yourself around through other means rather than be dependent upon that. No doubt. And of course, we are seeing corporations becoming bigger than government. 
And as I've mentioned, we've seen this nonstop censorship, the unconstitutional behavior by various marauders out there. A lot of this censorship reminds me of a form of the Bolsheviks back in the day. Maybe that's a little extreme, but it sort of seems that way. Well, sure. The Bolsheviks, of course, it was a term that was used for the Russian Revolution. They were the, the original communists who wanted to overthrow the old czarist system. So I'm not sure if that's a, an accurate term historically. Maybe not. But it's you You might say that the today you have anarchism right. as the individualism side of the equation, people who want to be able to say anything they want to wherever and whenever they want to versus the people who want to limit what gets said you know, by who, where, and when. And those are the people who have the whip hand at places like Facebook or Google or whatever, and who can outlaw or you know outlaw this kind of a um, account and not that one, or or rub out this speech and not that speech. And unfortunately, there's no simple answer to that unless you were to just throw up your hands and let everybody say everything they want to. The problem with that is that then you get into a, an atmosphere of unrestricted uh, bad-mouthing and accusations, which is kind of where we were back in the 80s when right. you had all the SRA stuff. And anybody could just allege anything they want to and ruin other people's lives uh, with lies. Yes, so sir. there has to be some kind of a mm -hmm. break on just allowing anonymous character assassination. And that's the that's the flip side of it. So there's no easy answer to this. True. I'm living on shattered faith here in terms of society and having any kind of hope for uh, future generations. We are plagued by barbiturates and short-term memory laced with apathy. Uh, not everyone, but a large portion of our society will fall into this uh, category. Not all, not all, not all, but most, Michael. I've got, as I said, I've got a few solutions in my books like uh, Mind War and Find Far that are supposed to plot a rational alternative. Whether or not this can happen depends upon the goodwill of people who read these books and think like this. And all I'm trying to do is start a ball rolling here. I'm not trying to, you know, hog the whole ball. But I've, I've kind of put my money where my mouth is and said, okay, if I don't like the situation, here are the ways that I think that we can get out of it. And I still stand by what I've said in those books. So if people want to see in detail what I think will be of some use, I would say check out Mind War, check out Find Far. If you're talking about your personal religious situation and you're trying to figure that out, check out Illuminank. And then, you know, play around with the other books. Go to Amazon, which is another one of those big conglomerates. Right. Look up Michael Aquino as an author. You'll see all 17 of my books, and then you can go in there and look around and find the ones where you think it's a subject that you might be interested in. And then you can see what I have to say in detail and see if it makes sense to you. If it does, good. If it doesn't, there's the ash can. You can toss it. Yeah, just keep reading or just toss it away. And, Michael, I must say I certainly enjoyed our conversation this evening, Doctor. And, of course, before I cut you loose here, I want to leave you with any kind of final words. Uh, but even before that, I should say, uh, Eric, if you have any final words for Michael before we let him ascend here, please feel free to do so now, Eric. Go ahead. Yeah, no. Thank you again for all the all the work that you've done throughout your your entire life. You're, you've been an inspiration, absolutely. And and you know you you, you mentioned uh, uh, a couple of your books, but one that you didn't mention that I would highly recommend is Mind Star for 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 those of us that are really zeroing in on 
uh, our our personal development and our, our own uh, personal evolution. This this book is it, it it doesn't get much more to the point than Mindstar. And uh, and so you know, thank you for for all of your works and uh, um, and for taking the time to chat with us today. My pleasure. Thank you. And I would say that when I originally wrote Mind War, I kept it out in the physical world of things that are going on outside of our personal bodies, uh, things that are happening in society that we need to deal with and ways we can deal with those things. So the physical world is addressed by uh, Find Far and by Mind War. But then people were saying, well, what about, what about the world of the soul and the self and the individual consciousness? What about that? Why didn't you say anything about that in Mind War? And I said, because that's not what we're dealing with when we're dealing with social issues. We're dealing with, uh, you know, a, a um, jackknife sets of stuff that we're trying to do to fix that. But if, uh, but I'll write a book about the soul, uh, a manual, a Boy Scout handbook for the human soul, and that's what I did with Mind Star. So yes, um, if you want to see the flip side, you might say, of Mind War that deals with the individual consciousness, who and what you are, and what you should think about yourself, and how you should consider your phenomenon of life and intelligent existence. Yes, Mindstar. That's hmm. also there in my list of books. So okay. thank you for mentioning it. Incredible. Did you have a good time, Michael? Did you have fun? Uh, you mean tonight? Yeah. I had a ball. I, I, I like I like these discussions. I'm sorry if I tend to rant. That's okay. Um, sometimes I get really excited by these things, and I have this urgent name to want to urgent desire to want to fix everything for everybody right this second and things kind of stumble over themselves in terms of ideas that are scrabbling around in my head trying to force their way out so i i apologize if i've tended to monopolize you know the speaking time or conversation i've tried to say as many helpful and useful things as i can for the, you and your audience and again i appreciate the invitation to be here very kind of you yeah no problem i'm glad you were here it was such a fun time and we will definitely have to do this again on the other side my friend you got it all right michael take care okay all right good, good night, night. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen, that was the one and only Dr. Michael Aquino. A uh, great time that was. I had fun. Uh, did you like that, Eric? Yeah, no, that was a <laughs> that was a blast. I'll tell you what, like like I said, I've uh, I've listened to just about every conversation that you've personally had with him, and and uh, uh, it's interesting to to peel back uh, layers of of, uh, of the the different subjects he'll touch on. The the that is the amazing thing when he says go check out his Amazon and 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 see what subject interests you. He's not joking. He he has he, he is an expert in in several different fields. And uh, and Satanism and the occult is definitely one of them. Uh, but uh, but as he's made clear, that's not his his only focus. He actually is a, a man of uh, of many many crafts. That was amazing. That was a great conversation. And of course, you uh, did a fantastic job co-hosting, Eric. I must say. <laughs> well, thank you. I, uh, great I, questions, I really, man. Yeah, you did good, man. You were in there in the pocket asking amazing questions and i apologize to the callers out there uh that we're trying to get in here uh, we were having a bunch of trouble with the uh, phones here however all will be fixed the next time out i do promise that definitely promise that to all of you out there the phone will be fixed next time you call in and i apologize that was awful but sometimes that happens when you're trying to do a live show these things sometimes don't work Technology will fail. It's another good reminder for those out there. 
technology is just sometimes lacking. Oh, but but Michael, we we depend on it so much, though. I mean, sadly right we now, do. Sadly we do, man. Yeah, you, you, even I mean, this conversation to, to to be able to happen is 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 because of electricity. It's actually True. said, you know, one thing that we unfortunately didn't get to address. So many things we didn't get to address. So we do need to get back on if if possible at any at any point in the future. If you're able to, to get this this uh, this particular three way going again, I'm 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 definitely game because uh, you know one one of the things that that that's been said is that Lucifer's uh, power is here on earth in the form of electricity and his mind is here in the form of the internet and uh, and with that i technology definitely can fail but it seems like it's going in the opposite direction google doesn't experience very much downtime it doesn't and then when so, it does people lose their minds oh absolutely oh it's uh, it's it's amazing when uh, when when people start losing their their internet connection how i mean we're, we're, you know, we talked briefly about uh, uh, transhumanism earlier, right. and, and we're already cyborgs. We already have something in, in, yeah, in, in our hands that we carry with us at all times that tells us what to do. We also have a pacemaker. Right. That's evil. Oh, uh, well, and, and, you know, now we've got, uh, uh, once again, um, uh, Elon Musk is, is looking at doing this, this neural link of, of – uh, of a seamless interface, and oh, I, I just don't want to deal with the pop-ups. Uh, I mean, <laughs> pop-ups. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, we're, we're moving into some strange territory, and it was uh, it was amazing to be able to have this conversation with somebody who who helped push things, uh, helped push the boat to where it's at, and uh, um, and, and hopefully get us a bit further downstream. Word. And Eric, I do want to thank you for also being a part of the program. It was amazing to have you here, and we'll definitely have you back on again, and I'll allow you to co-host this uh, shindig here. Uh, I would love it anytime, anytime. You just let me know. All right, my friend. Anything you want to plug before I let you go now? You know, go check out becomealivinggod.com. So, so you know, we've brushed on a lot of uh, uh, different things about uh, demons and devils and right. uh, black magic rituals. Well, if you want to learn how to do all of these, go to becomealivinggod.com. I've, I've basically uploaded all of my information about ritual magic, ceremonial magic, black magic to the Internet. And uh, you can check out video courses, uh, books, book a consultation with me so we can talk in person and I can teach you how to become an actual black magician yourself. Amazing. Well, thank you once again, Eric, and we'll definitely do this again on the other side, my friend. Excellent. Thank you. I look forward to it. No problem. Take care. Mahalo. And there he goes, ladies and gentlemen. That was the one and only Mr. Eric Cowetting. Great guy. And even did a great job co-hosting here. I was quite impressed. Fantastic. We'll do it again on the other side, boys and girls. And of course, it is that time to go on a little break here. And when I return, the Florida correspondent is live. And in the building. Stay tuned for that. It'll be fun, I promise. Don't go anywhere.
And welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are on the final stretch of the program. This is where we let our hair down and we let the rest up to you. Taking your calls here, 760-332-8724. One more time, 760-332-8724. For those that do have balls, go ahead and call in. And of course, I am not alone now. I am with yet another soul, and let's bring her in. Uh, Vanessa, are you alive and well? Yes, hi. Fantastic, what's up? And nothing much. How well, are you, I, by the way? I had, a, I had a drink a little bit ago, so... I'm so, drinking I'm right tr- now. Okay, good, I'm trying to be under my best behavior. On my best behavior, I don't know why I said under. <laughs> under your best behavior? <laughs> On my best behavior, I'm telling you, I'm drunk. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting there right now myself. All right, good, I like that. Yeah, so of course, welcome back to End of Days, and for those that don't know, you were just with me doing a Patreon episode. Yes, it was, it was, you really, you revealed a lot of stuff there. Oh yes, and of course, for those that are just joining in, welcome to round two of the program, and if you're just showing up, Dr. Michael Aquino and EA Coetting were just here on the first half of the program, and that was a lot of fun, and Vanessa, did you listen to that? I did. My internet was acting up towards the end, but I, I I heard most of it, especially the callers that weren't talking. Did you hear? I know. What was that all about? <laughs> I don't know. That was, you were kind of mean. <laughs> well, I have to be. Yeah. I mean, you were a little bit, a little bit. Insensitive. Well, you think, you think I'm going to be nice to the callers now? Come on. <laughs> Come on. You know, I'm not going to do that here. No. You got to be, you got to be mean to the callers sometimes. Yeah. Got to whip their was- ass a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. Why is Gang of Four saying for me to call in? <laughs> I don't know, that Gang of Four. He should call in, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm here. I've called in. You're one ugly motherfucker. That's right. I don't know why he doesn't call in, but he should. He's always someone who's always saying, get Vanessa on, do this, do that. And Gang and, of Four, please call in. I would yeah, love to talk to you. He should call in. I'm not sure why he doesn't want to. He's uh, being a little bitch. No. Michael, what happened? Don't don't say that. I can't I can't harass the the listeners now. No, no, he's just being shy. But what fun is it if I can't harass the the listeners? No, 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 you can't. <laughs> it's fun too. Yeah, no, you can't harass the listeners or the callers. All right, I'll try to behave. Okay. So, anyways, you were with me during the Patreon episode, and I went through uh, some things here mm-hmm. that happened behind the scenes. What did you think of all that? All that juicy uh, detail, rather. It, without revealing too much, because we don't want to give it all <laughs> to them. That's um, true. We don't. It it was it was very juicy. It was juicy. I went crazy, didn't I? Yeah, it was kind of hot too. <laughs> it kind of was hot. I, I had to take off my pants during that thing. Yeah, it was it was revealing. There was a lot of revealing going on. Lots of revealing. Yes. I let loose. I did not hold back. I definitely wanted everyone to know what was going on behind the scenes. And of course, if you want to uh, take a listen to that, that's patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. And just for $5, you can pick that up. And it is like digital crack. Those who have heard it were mesmerized by the whole experience, really. I mean, you revealed a lot. I'm not just blowing smoke up my own ass here, but lots of people. No, I didn't even know. Lots I of people were for loving it. Stuff. It was a lot of stuff I've never really talked about here on the air. 
but mm-hmm. I thought the time, the timing was right. And I needed to whip a little bit of ass. Yeah. Yes. And I did. Yes. A lot of people loved it. Mm-hmm. They thought I need to do more of it. Really? Yeah. So that's why I'm a little bit more aggressive tonight. Yeah. Very aggressive. I have to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we, hot. sometimes there's <laughs> callers here and then they just fuck everything up. I mean, it's I not their I- fault, though. No, you make them nervous. They're a little slow, dumb, and retarded at times. Oh, you cannot say you cannot say retarded. I can't it's say the 20- retard word. No, it's 2019. We do not say retarded. Okay, I take it back. They are <laughs> inept. Okay, that's a little bit better. There's just there's a, a female caller earlier who was just a retard or inept rather. Uh, you know, she called in here and she couldn't spit out any of the, the any of the question. I felt like um, I, I felt like uh, Adam Sandler there during that movie, uh, Billy Madison, yeah, where he's yeah, telling the, the fat kid to spit it out, Junior. It was a little frustrating, but I think that you were a little too mean. Well, I have to be mean. I'm not going to be nice. I mean, come yeah. on now. If I'm too nice, I mean, people are, people start thinking a certain way. Can't yeah. let that happen now. Yes, I think it's, it's you, you have to. You no, have to I, had to remi- I had to remind them what time it is. Oh, shit. I don't let them know. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm not going to let people waste uh, the listener's time here if you call in and you're just stumbling around. The fuck wants to hear that? hmm <laughs> Definitely not me. And I hope definitely not any of you out there. Fuck that. That's right. Fucking dumb. We don't play on here. Fuck no. I'm not here to play around. Yeah. I'm not here to play games, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here to fuck shit up. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. That's just the truth. And uh, there was another gentleman who was trying to call in, and I and I do apologize to that guy because he was trying to call in for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, this thing is inadequate right now. But don't worry. Soon enough, that will be taken care of, and er- everyone will be able to call in, and everything will be nicey-nice. Um, why people can't call in now? Well, it was the phone was being weird here, by the way, first of all. Okay. I was trying to answer those calls, but things were a little shaky here. And of course, there was a, another, uh, speaking of which, that caller who was fumbling around uh, like an imbecile here, she, <laughs> uh, you know, very irritating. The voice even was very irritating. Uh, you definitely don't want to be around that too long. And, uh, you know, I, I told her, I, I said, you know, you're wasting people's time here. I feel like you might know her. <laughs> I don't know her. I don't know who that is. No? No. And anyways, in the chat room, I typed in, you know, that call didn't help the way uh, women are perceived. Mm -hmm. That was just a joke. Okay. I said, you're not really helping women out. And uh, there was another uh, female listener in here who took offense to that, and she left the chat room. I thought that was was pretty hilarious. I mean, if you're going to listen to the show, you can't be sensitive. Yeah, you can't be a cunt. If you're listening to this program, you got to check you your... can't be what Michael said. That's right. You got to check your little ego and at the door here. Yeah. You really do. And mm-hmm. that was just a good reminder. Good reminder. Don't be dumb. I'm reading your chat. The chat room agrees. They know. Yeah, they're, they're a rowdy bunch. I love the chat room. Yes. They, they should call in. They know what's up. Yeah. They know what time it is. And K-Dub saying that he feels abused. Uh, K-Dub, you know, I love you. You shouldn't feel abused. Why does he feel abused? He feels neglected, I'm sure. Poor poor K-Dub out there. Oh, God, Michael, you have to give attention to everyone. He wants me to rub him. (laughs) He wants me to give him a little rub there. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, Vanessa, what, what's going on with you? I missed you. <laughs> really? Yeah. Michael, we talk every day. <laughs> but I'm I'm honored you're here on the air with me. Oh, yes. And honored that you're here. You're here honoring us with your presence and gracing us on the show. Oh, thank you. And thank of you. course, you were the first person I did the Patreon and we did that together. And again, it was a great episode that I really do want all of you to check out. I wish I could talk about that here, but I can't. No, I think it's it was a very private conversation. It really was. I revealed a lot. Yeah, I thought about that. I thought it was like the perfect time to talk about it. Yeah. So in I, a perfect I, place. I, in a perfect, yeah. I definitely hope all of you out there that do sign up for the Patreon, check that out. If you mm -hmm. want to know the history of the program and you want to hear me name names and uh, bury a number of people, go ahead and sign up. Just $5. Don't buy that that Starbucks to see uh, this morning. Yeah, sign up I for mean, the Patreon. Yes, yes, I agree. All you got to do is not have one one coffee. Make coffee at home. And the reception has been amazing, by the way. People loved having you on there. They liked hearing us both, hearing both of us interact. Uh, thank people you. people really like that. And Vanessa, this is going to be a little odd here. Okay, but I'm used I to it. I need your response. Okay. I'm ready. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay, this is this is going to get pretty heavy here. Oh, okay. It's going to get a little heavy here, so I, I will be honest here. I'm ready. As you're well aware, Vanessa, I'm out here in El Centro, California. That's way down south. Yes, Hell Central. Hell Central. It's, you know how it is out here. It's hot. It's terrible. <laughs> I don't like it. No. It is off. Well, you know, sometimes I do like it here in hell. Yeah. Yeah, I won't lie about that. But anyways, you belong. I belong in hell. That's true. All yeah. my friends are in hell, just like the song <laughs> says by Morrissey. Uh, Wait, very true. You mentioned you mentioned some cats that you have. Oh, the stray cats. Yeah. Yes. I love them, by the way. Good, good, good. I have to be honest, even though I'm not supposed to be a cat lady man. No, I have but... to admit, I do like those little bastards running around out here. I mean, every man loves a little pussy. That's huh? true. Men love pussy. Yes. Nothing wrong with a little bit of pussy. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, no, K-Dub, he's angry. He's saying, Deacon is a cat lady. Oh, my God. No, I'm not. I promise. No. I promise. It was amazing. It was amazing. Thank you, Arnold. Thank you. Yes. So, Vanessa, as you know, I'm living out here down south. Mm-hmm. And this is the last stop for most criminals and homeless folks and travelers. <laughs> I don't live very far away from the Salton Sea. That's yeah. close to Salvation Mountain, which of course That's is close to where Trevor lived in GTA 5. I was just about to uh, say that. I said it first. You did. GTA was actually on the ball with it. And I'm glad they uh, did the whole recreation of, of the environment out here. Yes. But I'm, I'm about an hour away from all that. Okay. Okay. So what I was trying to say was we have a real problem out here in California, just like it is out there in San Francisco, which I forgot to ask Michael Aquino all about. Is it homosexuals? No, no, no. The homeless. Oh. Not the homosexuals. Yeah. What was that all about? <laughs> I don't know. You said San Francisco. I went crazy. <laughs> you you went you went there. I don't know. <laughs> Amazing. So, yes, we do have a bit of a homeless issue out here that goes on being ignored. Yeah. What can we do with them? That is the question. Now, we can ship them 
out there to Oprah Winfrey's house. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That, wouldn't that be great? Yes. Just ship them all out there. Yeah. So anyways, Vanessa, we have a lot of homeless people out here in El Centro more than ever. And a few days back, I went to Vaughn's mm-hmm. to grab something quick. And as I was leaving, I saw this woman sitting out there. And, you know, she looked like a like a panhandler. Uh-oh. Yeah. Just looked like a regular panhandler. And she was on the younger side. Mm-hmm. About 20s or 30s. She didn't really look like, like a homeless person. More like just some dirty hitchhiker type. Was she a tweaker? Maybe. Maybe a tweaker. Okay. So as I'm leaving, I see her out there and she's asking for money and all that with, with a little cup. So as I'm leaving, I go back into my car and grab a dollar and some change and I go up to her, right? <laughs> and she's sitting down and she looks up to me and she says, as soon as I give her the money, she goes, can I go with you? Oh. Yeah. Home, back home with you? I don't know what that meant, but I instantly said, oh, no, that's okay. I responded right away. I was like, no. Maybe she was a prostitute. I don't think she was a prostitute. No? That mm. was a cheap prostitute. But she looked up to me and she's like, can I go with you? I was like, oh my God. Nice. I don't know what that meant, but she can't go with me. No, no. Yeah, that was no doubt weird. And I'm not into that sort of thing. No, no, no. I recall a few years back, there was this caller to another radio show who once talked about picking up homeless women and letting them shower in his place. And of course, he would sleep with them afterwards. Oh, that's, that's I'm very not, desperate. I'm not joking either. I'm not making this shit up. It was amazing. I mean, gosh, I can't. I don't even have the words. <laughs> this was such an extraordinary scene. It really was. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I wish I could be making this shit up. Wow. But wasn't he scared of, like, diseases and stuff? The caller seemed to have no fear. Okay. Okay. He had no fear whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. I'm too paranoid to, to to pick up hookers or any of that stuff. Way too paranoid. I mean, yeah, I'm not into that. I'm not into that. <laughs> that was, yeah, see. So, anyways, this caller, I thought he was joking at first, but this guy was really into this, and he would detail everything. And it sure as hell didn't seem like he was trolling. And that got me into thinking, Vanessa, there must be other guys out there who are probably doing this, this sort of same thing. I mean, at least at least it's nice, right? I'm not, a truck, shower. I'm not a truck driver, but I wouldn't be doing this sort of thing. That's kind of uh, crazy. Yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, at least they let them shower and maybe amazing. they give them a few dollars. It was amazing. I mean, it, it is amazing, Arnold. I was getting laid a lot in this movie. No. <laughs> Have you heard that one? No, that's a commentary. I was getting laid a lot in this movie. He was getting laid a lot. Wow. That's not hard to believe. (laughs) Not at all. That's not hard to believe at all. So, yeah, uh, there must be other guys out there who are picking up homeless women and taking them home and letting them shower, and then they they bang them. Yeah, you know, honestly, Who does that? But it's a nice thing. It's a nice gesture. We have Asuka Langley in the chat room saying, pick up goth girls at the mall. They are clean 90% of the time. Oh, God. Where? Like out of the Hot Topic? Amazing. Yeah? Yeah, that is based. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Have you ever done that, Michael? Uh, picked up a, a goth girl from the mall. Yeah? No. Can't say no? I have. No, that's okay. not. I've, I've gone to the mall with a girl who was goth, but okay. I, never, okay. I never picked up a girl at the mall, though. 
no, no. I've never done that before. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> nah, I've never done that. Yes. It's not my cup of tea. You like emo girls, right? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting I laid a lot in this movie. <laughs> That's the only answer I have for you there. Yes. Oh, yes. So, yeah, I'm thinking there's definitely other guys out there who are doing this sort of thing, but I definitely don't want to go down that route. Not my cup of tea, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, lots of people like using Tinder. And for our homosexual community out there, a grinder. Yeah. Do you know any adult women possibly married or single who use uh, Tinder, by the way, Vanessa? Yes. Um, I have sisters that use, well, I have one sister that she's tried, I mean, Match.com. I think she's tried Tinder as well. Um, she's still single. <laughs> she's still single. <laughs> yes, of course. And she's met, uh, she's met some guys from there. Did she? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they only wanted one thing. She should have gone to uh, ChristianMingle.com. You know, she's religious this week, so maybe uh, she should try that one. <laughs> she's religious now. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what happened? Yes. Tell me what happened to her. Did, did some event happen where now she turned religious? Well, she's late 30s and she's very, she's, she has a son and, you know, out of wedlock. <laughs> I don't consider know. Consider that a divorce. Just, yeah. She, yeah. Consider that a divorce. She doesn't have good luck with men. She really, really doesn't. And I think that, you know, God Dead is people her man. That is this, uh, <laughs> and then uh, one of the skeletons started moving. Eat me. <clears throat> I'm not sure where that came from, by the way. Me either. I think that's DVD commentary from Arnold. Yes. Oh, my God. The best DVD commentary Fat from Arnold is, is Total Recall. Fat Old Lady. Yes. Fat Old Lady. That's probably who yes. called earlier. Why is someone calling me a valley girl in the in the chat? I don't know. I'm not a valley girl at all. I'm from Miami, Florida, and I'm Hispanic. That's true. Yes. And uh, that's, that's a good segue here. Also, on a side note. I had the misfortune of watching Beta Girls, uh, Steven Crowder, and Ben Shapiro. Two people who couldn't be any more annoying. Oh, God. They got the, the two most annoying human beings on the earth in one room. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, these Beta Girls, uh, Steven Crowder, Ben Shapiro. Amazing. Do you want to slap them? I really do. They both have uh, faces that you can punch. Yes, I see that. You notice yeah. that, by the way, that Steven Crowder, he has that face that you just want to pull his hair. And as, you, as you're pulling his hair up, you kind of just want to punch his face and also elbow his face. Yeah. It's really weird. So does so Ben Shapiro. He also has that little face of his. Oh, he bothers me. And his voice bothers Ooh, me. Oh, that, that voice. Yes. Holy vey. That fucking voice. <laughs> yes. Yeah, terrible voice. Just... Fucking irritating voice, but anyways, I had the uh, misfortune, Vanessa, of hearing these two beta girls talking to each other on each other's programs, by the way. It was like a simulcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of pathetic, by the way. I mean, they couldn't even agree to be on uh, one or the other show. They had to do a simulcast. I mean, that's beta. <laughs> it really <Okay>. is. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. So I'm hearing them talk and they- That's like a, like a crossover episode, right? It was something like that. I'm not quite sure what it was, but it was just uh, pretty strange to see that. Okay. Pretty strange. 
But yeah, we, we see these beta girls talking together, and of course, they bring up Mario Lopez. Yes, AC Slater. AC Slater. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about some of the comments that he made. He took some um, backlash, if I understand, for recent comments that he made a couple months ago when he was interviewed by Candace Owens, by the way. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Candace Owens? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, I saw the I saw the interview. Oh, you saw the interview? Yes, yes. Yeah, she's, uh, well, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion on her. No, not at all. You have an opinion on everyone. That's true. She just, you know, I couldn't care any more, couldn't care any less of her, rather. Yes. yes. She kind of seems like an idiot. <laughs> you don't think you went so? From not, you went from not having an opinion to, to having an opinion. She was an idiot. An idiot. <laughs> She's just useless. I, I mean, I don't know. I see her and I just... I can't take her seriously at all. I think she's just she's just a moron. Yes. She's just an idiot. I don't know. But anyway, she's talking to uh, Mario Lopez, and he's taking some heat for what he said in a recent interview. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if you caught... Well, you just said you caught that interview. And I have to say, I didn't have zero issues with what he said. No, on the contrary, I think he spoke well. I mean, he's he's right. He's completely right. It is dangerous. I don't have any issue with what the guy said at all. You and should tell them what we're talking about. Yeah, I am. <laughs> okay. I will. I'll tell them right now. Okay. I think for the most part, a lot of people do know what we're talking about here. Yeah. I think a lot of them know exactly what we're talking about here. But yes, Mario Lopez, uh, as you know him from Saved by the Bell... He made some comments that the mainstream media, uh, they went nuts over. Mm-hmm. They really did. People got really bent out of shape about it. I couldn't believe it. Yep. And he apologized. That's another thing I don't get. Why did he apologize? He said it, it was insensitive. Well, you know, he did say one thing that I thought he probably shouldn't have said. Which part? Uh, the part where he said that... He was referring to his kids, that they don't uh-huh. kick it with those other kids. <laughs> Maybe he should have left that part out. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I, I like I like that he has the balls to say what's on his mind. But at the same time, when the E-channel is paying you the amount of money that they're paying him, you, you just need to keep your fucking mouth shut, you know? Yeah, but I, I like honesty. And I think being I like honest, honesty, too, but I'm not seeing I'm not seeing millions of dollars either. Uh, you know, if I was seeing that kind of money, I'd shut the fuck up, too. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Word. He's not going to get a gig. That's the thing. You know, he's tied into Hollywood, so he has to play by their rules. That means yeah. that means that Mario Lopez owes. If he went back on his word, that means that he owes a lot of people in Hollywood. That's what that was, ladies and gentlemen. I think Hollywood forgives everyone. They forgave um, Mel Gibson. Richard in the chat room says, to be honest, everyone was racist in the army and it was great. That's what our our boy Richard in the chat room is saying now. Oh, okay. Okay. We're talking about racism now. I have no idea, but I just thought. Why does everything everything lead to, to racism? It always goes back to racism for some reason. Yes. I don't know why. I don't know why either. I'm colorblind. I only know about those with uh, those who commit actions, really. Those are the only people I can judge. Yes. Unless you were a co-host of mine. Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. Sign up $5. Yes. 
that. So, yes, I have nothing against the LGBTQ community. My God, that that gets me tired just saying that, Vanessa. Yeah, it's longer than that, I think. Sorry. Oh, Taco, Taco Bell. It's too loud. Is it time? <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So, yeah, I apologize for that. I got carried away. But, yes, the LGBTQ community, that's such a long thing. And I have to be honest with all of you, I have nothing against the gay community, and I don't live far from Palm Springs. And <laughs> those who are in the gay community know, know all about that. So I, I just want to let it be known that I have no hate in my heart for the gay community out there. No. But I have to say, Mario Lopez was not wrong for his assessment. Again, perhaps he shouldn't have said the whole thing about the, the kids not playing uh, with the other kids there. Maybe he could have left that out. Yes, but he shouldn't have, um, a, you know, he shouldn't have apologized. That's another th another thing, though. Uh, it's just so annoying. I, I hate that. I hate that people can't say anything without apologizing after. <sighs> no, I'm with you. Yeah. I don't get it. Don't get it at all. Yeah. I, I don't think he'll be fired, though, since he apologized. Yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah. People mm. will forget. I mean, people have probably already forgotten. It's done. Well, Next. just look at uh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, God. Hollywood you know, I loves always him. knew he was a pedophile. He has one of those faces. I knew he was a little bit off ever since the movie American Beauty. Yeah, but it, doesn't he have, like, a face? Like, you look <laughs> at him. Yeah, pedophiles have a face. Well, they do have that sort of look. Yeah, I see it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm judging, but I think he had a face. And I was right. I was 100% I was right. You were right on your assessment of the uh, <laughs> alleged pedophile. Yes, I always knew it. That is awful. <laughs> it really is. And, of course, Vanessa, there seems to be a crisis out there in the 305 in your area. When is there not? <laughs> it says here on the recent news story, Florida just declared a public health emergency over its ballooning hepatitis A cases. Oh, God. Oh, that's hepatitis A. Yes. Are you are you concerned? No, because I don't, I try not you to leave, leave the my house. house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you know. How do you know? It's safe, though. I mean, it's good that you don't leave the house or else you'll get hep, hep A. Yeah, apparently. I, mean, I I try not to leave the house, you know, and now I have an excuse. I don't want to get hep A. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Can you believe that? I'm not shocked. <laughs> 56 new cases of hepatitis A reported statewide in the week since the last reporting period. That's actually really scary, to be honest. It kind of is alarming. The number of reported hepatitis A cases in Florida in 2019 rose to 2,034. Why do things have to happen here? Shit, I don't know. It seems like a lot of things just kick off out there. Yeah, a Zika. Oh, the um, Zika virus, right? Yes, hep A, everything, a zombies, everything You're a smart starts here. That's right. You're a smart motherfucker. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, Samuel Jackson. Yeah, classic. You got to bring him up. Yeah. So, yes, lots of uh, dangerous things going on out there in Florida. And we do have a call here, Vanessa. Yay, I love calls. It, it is. I know. It's fun, right? We do have the uh, buzzing going off. And caller, what's going on? Oh, no. Oh, no. Are we doing this again? Oh, no. Yeah, we... we're doing this again. Oh. I thought that... it's not the same person. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm <laughs> I sorry about I... that. I, I had you on mute, so we couldn't really hear uh, what you just said. I, and I do apologize for that. I just want to say thank you for calling in. That's okay. What's going on? 
Well, um, I thought I'd call in since you basically scared the crap out of everybody else tonight and offer myself up as Wait, what do you mean I scared victim? Who did I scare? <laughs> Everyone. Uh, you scared that you scared everyone. Vanessa, I'm so glad that you I scared Vanessa on that just a little bit. No, not I, Vanessa. Yeah. You scared not everyone me, else. No one wants to call in right now. I got everyone scared. I'm sorry. You yeah, didn't. you did. That's okay. I'm we sorry. love you anyway. I, and by the way, I apologize. the show was wonderful. I apologize. I'm sorry if I scared anyone out there. Yeah. Well, you didn't scare me. Too I didn't much. I didn't I'm mean here. I didn't mean it. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> I made him feel bad. Anytime. Do I get a point for that, Vanessa? Anytime I'm mean, yes. it, it's not in, in all seriousness. Come on. No, he doesn't no, mean honestly, it. Honestly, I he, don't he, think that you were being mean. I think that it was a time for seriousness, and you got goofy instead. I you got know, goofy. Some people don't know how to flip the switch when appropriate. So, more of that. Yeah. I, I'm just going to go with you. Okay. I think you're good. right. Yes. I'm going to say he was kind of mean. I was kind of mean. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll leave that to Vanessa. Vanessa can can balance you out. Your official Florida Florida correspondent. I love it. Oh right. wow! Thank so, you. Well, how <laughs> official? I think you have a magnificent radio voice. By the way, Vanessa, oh, keep it going, you. girl. She does a great job, right? Oh, thank she you. She does. She does. I mean, she is like she is like your Robin Quivers. <laughs> I was gonna say she's kind of like Robin. Yeah, a little bit, I think. Except, I mean, I, I followed uh, you know, except not him black. from early on, and I loved Robin more than Howard most of the time. A uh, lot of I'll, people did. I'll PayPal you $20 later. <laughs> mm. So um, I did have a specific sort of question for Vanessa. Oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I didn't introduce myself. Um, I'm known as the evening star in the chat. Evening star, that's right. There you are. Yeah, here I am. And I wanted to know if it was okay to ask Vanessa a couple questions about Florida because you can I ask her here. You, you can ask her and any I, questions you want, but I do have a question for you. Okay. Well, go right ahead. By the way, Evening Star, did you think that I was being uh, mean to that female that called in earlier? No, I was being tongue in cheek. I am so sarcastic that most people don't pick up on it until they're looking at me and they're going, oh no, you know, did I offend you? And I'm I'm inwardly going. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Well, well, here I <laughs> so, have to tell you. Well, here we have to. I have to tell you that we want to offend you. That's the purpose. Oh no. Well, then I would fit right in because <laughs> I'm like a Type A thick skin. What's the point of what, What's the point of being nice all the time? Who the fuck cares? I'm completely opposite. Well, I get offended. I mean, you you gotta be you gotta really good point. You gotta understand. Go you gotta understand this, by the way, Evening Star. I'll be honest with you. No one gives a fuck about positive comments if you're complimenting someone oh you're so this you're so that no, i mean no one gives a fuck it, it only the opinions only matter when once it's negative that's when people care that's when that's people true. will notice because people get their ass people get their ass kissed so much so anytime they hear compliments it's like fuck all who gives a shit if you complimented me uh, it's it's always yeah. if you're if you say something mean that's when they you, you grab someone's attention you know what? You're totally right. Well, you I wake them up. You wake them up. Amazing. And that brings, it brings up a really, really point of irritation that I have. And it's all about disingenuous people, if that's the right way to pronounce it. I hope part. I piss people off, by the way. That's why I'm here. <laughs> you don't always. Um, Not always, but I want that, to. People that want to expand their mindset and grow outside of their comfort zone need to be shaken up a little bit. That's right. And these type of shows, that's what it's all about. 
it's get outside of your comfort zone. Go outside of what you think you know about life as we live it. And look at look at how things look at reality. And as far as disingenuous people go, I have always wanted to rip their masks off with war paint on my face, glistening in the firelight and just like stomping on them at the right. same time. Just rip all their masks off. I just can't stand that. Ugh, it's, it's a pet peeve. I think it's a pet peeve for a lot of people out there. You're not alone. <laughs> yeah. You're not alone. You know, I grew up, I'm like, I'm like pushing 50. So I grew up in the time where uh, we didn't, everything wasn't so politically correct. I know we're kind of like beating that term oh, like God. a dead horse, but it's really but true. It's true. I mean, and it, it's just, very irritating, by the way, the whole PC bullshit. It's annoying. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. It Sorry. sure is. So, um, well, anyway, I digress. So I wanted to know if I could ask Vanessa yeah, a little ahead. bit about Florida. Do your thing. Because I am having a hell of a time adjusting to the culture shock here. I mean, oh. the, the people are just, it, it's like once you cross Jacksonville and you come into Florida, it's like being in a, a completely different country all on its own. Not to mention oh. everything that tries to kill and eat you down here. <laughs> How do you cope? I mean, seriously, what do you do? What are the things that you actually like to do that keep your sanity here? Because I feel so isolated. Candlewood, go ahead. Well, I live in Miami, which is pretty much a third world country. <laughs> and I, I mean, honestly, it is very weird and people are very rude. Um, I honestly, I go out at night to avoid people because people are so rude and people are very like angry all the time. Um, I have no advice because I'm still trying to figure that out myself and I've lived here my whole life. <laughs> but, right. um, Honestly, people are, you have to come to Florida to really understand it. People are very, it's, it's like a different world. Oh, it I really miss is. the New Jersey, New York. <sighs> yeah. The, the culture. I mean, like, have you been to like some of the museums or anything like the Salvador Dali museum? No, have you I like haven't. traveled and looked at, no, no. I, I mean, I, cause I live in Miami. I don't know where, where you are. Well, it's more, I'm up in uh East side treasure coast, like kind of like in between Orlando and Jupiter. Jupiter. Yeah, okay. So like, right. I mean, I go to yeah. Orlando, but only, you know, when I go to, you know, Disney or whatever. So it's a little different yeah. over there. Um, what, what, Like, I don't know how to say. Oh, you know what, what, what I did it, research that we do have? We do have Spooky Empire. That's a really good, that might be a really good venue. It's kind of like Comic-Con, but it's the horror side of it. Oh, That, that might that, be a good little venue for us to check out. There's one in Tampa. Uh -huh. And then I found out there's another one in Orlando. Yeah, because we so don't have a lot of interesting else. things either. We have what, you know, what people mm. hear, which is like, you know, the beaches and Disney World. That's what everybody knows. Uh, but I like we don't my have pasty white skin. Things. I want to keep my tattoos. You know? <laughs> I want to keep them <laughs> fresh and looking good. I don't want to fry out there in the sun. It's very hot, so. right? Well, we're not very much help to each other at all. I thought maybe you'd have some advice on how to cope with all the country music and see uh, you live in a different part i wish i lived in, in parts where there's country music over here where i'm at is it's all spanish music it's all it's it, it's we live in different florida's honestly like a different world michael thinks it's all like you know, like the news, like redneck and like <laughs> people with all teeth, but he doesn't know you mean it Miami. You mean it's it not? No, not in Miami. Oh, shocked. Wow. Out of me. Amazing. No, Miami's not like that at all. Miami's very like fast paced. Everybody's like 
in their own world, uh, but like very mean. Um, it's 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 very different. There's you would so take many. New Jersey, then. Just hang in there, baby. You're doing great. I'm proud of you. That's what that's Probably. the kind of advice I have for her, by the way. Just hang in there, baby. You're doing great. I mean, I'm proud here, of you. There's a lot of uh, different kinds of like you know Hispanic people. There's Cubans. There's there's uh, Puerto Ricans. There's Mexicans. There's uh you know Hondurans. There's so many people. You got so the Puerto Ricans out there. Oh, we yeah. have everything. It's like the melting pot down here. I haven't talked to a Puerto Rican in years. <laughs> oh, they're like, they're God. almost extinct out here in El Centro. <laughs> no, not here. here we lot have of, everything. We got a lot of white people, a lot of black people, Hispanics, since we're close to Mexico. And we got some Cubans out here too, but not many Puerto Ricans. No, we have that here. We have Nicaragua, Nicaraguenses. You got, you got all that out there? Wow. We have everything. You know, it, Vanessa, uh, Vanessa uh, Michael is right about I ain't threatening you some of his fears. You know we have a lot of, we got a lot of skinheads where I'm at. In- it's kind of scary. See, you live in a different part. You live in the part where, like, yeah. when you're traveling over there, like, it's like the Bible Belt, right? Sort yeah. of, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. That's not, it's yeah, not here. Off. Not here. But I don't want that. <laughs> 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 Thanks for joining us, uh, Samuel Jackson. Well, thanks for listening to me. And uh, if you have any more tips, just throw them out there. I'll be listening. Shut the fuck up! What is he doing? (laughs) Amazing. No problem. (laughs) I'm sorry. I couldn't be helpful. I mean, come to Miami. Maybe you like Miami. And maybe I should go where you are. I know where you, where exactly are you? Uh, Up in um, Palm Bay. You're okay. Palm Bay. Okay. Palm Bay. What I do hate about Florida, and I'm pretty sure you agree, Florida is like, it's, well, I live, to leave Florida is like 10 hours. It's like, I'm stuck here. That's how I feel. I feel stuck in Florida. Stuck in hell. It's, to get out of here, it's 10 hours. Could you imagine? That's like hell. Like you're climbing out. Yeah, it's about four and a half for me. Pretty annoying. It's it's terrible. Mm -hmm. It's awful. Yeah, oh and I travel goodness. to like make extra, to make extra money. I'm an artist, so I go to like different trade shows and stuff. Wait, wait a minute, you're an artist. State. Yeah, I'm an I'm an artist. So for me to sell my product, I got to travel, you know, all the way from New York, you know, down through Florida, oh, damn. and then I fly to Milwaukee or the other places. And it, the gas alone in a Hemi truck, it's, it's insane. It's pretty expensive. Completely insane. Yeah, I would, yeah. Have, I would have to imagine. And, and what kind of art are you dealing with here? Um, I am a glass blower. Oh, sweet! So you're you're um, making bongs and shit. <laughs> Hook it I up. wish I went on the wagon about. I'm boring. I'm so boring. Oh my! I went on God. the wagon about. I do miss pot a lot, a whole lot. Why? Why I, can't I've been you on come the wagon back for about twenty years? 20 years? Uh-huh. Michael, stop corrupting well, I'm people. 50, so. Oh, my God. You are missing out on so much. Uh, well, I did partake. I, I, I'm going to backtrack. I did partake in November. And let me tell you, the pot of this generation is yeah. not the pot in the, in the mid-'80s. This is completely... That's a major difference. <laughs> Michael, I, I said... Well, I don't smoke either anymore. Like I gave it all up because so, you know I get migraine headaches. You gave it all up. It just it's terrible. So I gave it all up. Oh my god. So anyway, I said okay, you know maybe, maybe pot will help with the migraines and right. a couple things going on. So I gave it a try, and yeah. it's, it was Thanksgiving. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I'm taking a couple hits, 
And apparently this, what I had, what was given to me was very high in THC and I didn't know that. Oh yeah. So I'm taking a couple, taking a couple hits in front of the stove fan, the clocks there. And I'm like, I'm not feeling nothing. This ain't right. And the guy told me, you just take two or three hits and you wait. And that's not what I was used to again. You know, my pot was like mid eighties, early nineties <laughs> kind of stuff. So, yeah. So very, very I nirvana. Three, three quarters of a whole joint in 15 minutes. Nice. <laughs> and I went. I said, I said, well, let me turn the fan off. And I looked at the clock and I looked up at the fan. My hand was in midair for what I thought was like five seconds. Michael, I had my hand in the hair, in the air. Oh, no. We lost her. Oh, I was interested in her story. Oh, my God. So was I. <laughs> well, she had her hands in the air. And what happened? <laughs> I know she had her hands in the air. And then what happened? That's what I was wondering. And then the phone oh went God. dead. The cliffhanger. Oh, uh, my God. Did she, like, streak or something? Did I that actually happen? I know I was completely uh, completely with the call, and then it dropped out. God. Good Lord. Yeah. What was, a tragedy. That was, wow. I feel like I'm missing something I now. know, me too. Now I feel empty and, and alone. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're never alone, baby. Oh, thank you. But now I'm filled with, with regrets here because... What happened this time, ladies and gentlemen, the, the laptop actually shut down. Oh, okay. Holy shit. What happened there? Oh, so it's your fault. It is 100%. That time, all my fault there. The laptop, dead. Oh, look, she's she's commenting in the in the chat. Is she, is she in the chat room? Oh, that, there yeah. she is. She put lost me. Oh, it's my Michael's God. fault. I apologize, Evening Star. Uh, please call back in. Uh, the laptop is actually loading back up. I definitely want you to finish that story. Uh, yeah, she's in the chat room. I see her now. Again. I feel like she should come to Miami. I think she would really enjoy Miami, actually. She should. Yeah. But yes, I'm on a secondary laptop here, uh, connected through my laptop, for those that are wondering. And, uh, wow, I don't know what happened there. The laptop just shut down, and we lost the call. Look at Boss Man. He says, get some new equipment. Boss Man, donate. He's not wrong. He is not wrong. He is right about that. And yeah, go ahead, Evening Star. Give us a call back. We definitely want to hear the rest of that story. Don't leave us hanging here. Okay. Holy shit, right? Okay. Yes, I am dying to know. I know I'm dying to know. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. I'm I'm what do you want to guess? Let's guess. I think she got naked. You think she got she naked? Put her, she put her arms up and she got naked. Uh, boss man saying, uh, pay your electric bill, Deacon. Uh, well, if the electricity was out, you wouldn't be hearing me right now. Yeah, boss man, come on. Come on now. <laughs> Give me a break. M Michael, I think you were rude to the first caller. You think I'd give a fuck? No, but I'm just saying, I, I feel Not at like all. you were rude. Yeah, I feel like you were rude. <laughs> no, nah, they, they got what they deserved and needed. Yeah. No, sometimes like people need it sometimes. People need to get talked down to... And let them know what what time it is. Yeah, you are. You would be really. Yeah, you're pretty mean. You're the you're yeah. the one that leaves mean comments. Got to alpha people sometimes. I'm sorry. Yes. Alpha the shit out of that caller. Yes. I'm sorry, but I mean, if you're gonna call in, you have to uh, play ball here. You have to drive it home. <laughs> Can't just stay on the line and say a word and then just stay quiet. I mean, no one wants that shit. Okay. Got to bring it home. Yeah. No more time for games here. Why is why is boss man being an asshole? I have no idea what his fucking problem is, but 
Uh, it's cool with me. I mean, if he has no sort of sense of how uh, things sound, he must be tone deaf. Maybe Bossman should call in. Maybe he should. Or is he scared? He's probably scared. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. A lot of people seem to be scared, but yes, we're waiting for Evening Star here to call back in. Yeah, I want to know the rest of her story. I want to know. Yes. Can't keep us waiting here too long. No. Yeah, might have to check out here soon. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we only got like 20, so, uh, 20 minutes or so here. Well, let's continue. Let's continue. Yeah, let's continue here. Let's not harp on the past here. <laughs> let's move forward then. Yes. It's really the only thing we can do here. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And of course, Vanessa, I have to say. She can't connect. What do you mean? Um, She's commenting that she can't get through. She can't get through? No. How the oh. fuck can she not get through? I don't know. No, you can get through the number uh, 760-332-8724. Don't be afraid to call in. The line is open. That number is 760-332-8724. Call in or not, it's all fair. Yeah, anybody could call in. Call in. Call in. (laughs) Yes. I'm ready. Yes. And yes, I'm still drinking. Can you tell? Are you drinking, Vanessa? I am. I am. I'm actually, I've been drinking, by the way. It's Saturday night. I've been drinking for a long time. Yeah. Uh, delicious IPA by a Stone. Shout out. Great company. I wish they could uh, sponsor the program. I've actually been to their establishment out there in Escondido. Oh, the look brewery. at you speaking Espanol. I, well, you know, I have to. <laughs> Got to yeah. talk uh, a little bit there. And of course, we do have a call here. I believe this is our friend Evening Star. It is Evening Star. Sorry about that. It was my fault. I was dialing the wrong number. Can't even blame it on you. Well, actually, it was my fault partially at the time because this laptop turned off. I don't think it was uh, plugged in all the way. Ah, so where did, what's the last thing you remember hearing? Your arms were in the air. Oh, yes. Your arms were in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So um, about three quarters of the way through of a really big fatty. And and my arms were in the air, and I'm going to shut the vent off above the stoop because I don't want to stink the whole house up. And bastard. my arm is in the air for eight minutes, and it felt like two seconds. And I looked at the clock and just started cracking up laughing. <laughs> I sat down, and I said, oh, my God, this is not like the marijuana of my youth. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. It's a lot so. different, right? Yeah, but what strain? Well, maybe I shouldn't be asking this on on the radio or you whatever. Should. But you can. What Michael, strain? Michael's what in California. Strain would be good for like an intro, so it's like on the low THC side. I am totally ignorant of it now. Well, it depends what kind of feeling you want to sort of chase after. I mean, if well, you want to feel I, lazy or if you want to feel energetic, for me, an extreme. No, no, I when. I used to do jumping jacks and a strobe light and oh my God. and I used to think my most intense thought. Have you ever, process. have you, by the way, have you ever smoked meth? Oh my God. No. <laughs> no. Good thing you didn't because have that, you? no, I haven't. <laughs> you think that just because she lives in Florida. <laughs> no, but I meant by the characteristics of the story, I was just trying to align her with uh, one of my many uh, drug stories from individuals who do do a lot of drugs. God, Michael. A lot of drug a lot of drug users out here. I apologize yeah. for him. I'm friends with him. <laughs> yeah, I am too. It's sad. Oh, I'm not lying. 
Oh no, the people yeah. I know they no, take I'm prescription drugs. Got a lot of <laughs> a lot of drug addicts here. I'm gonna yeah, lie to you. Yeah, I got a lot of people hooked on heroin that I know is just it's deteriorating. It's just deteriorating. I mean, my the families. And, I mean, my uh, my uncle. He's he's slowly fading away as we speak right now. You know? I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's terrible. I grew up with this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uncle. Uh, he's not that much older than I am. And uh, I grew up with him. I see him as a brother. And, uh, you know, every day when I go see him, it, it, it does kill me. I'm not going to lie. And he's uh, fading away each day yeah. uh, due to alcoholism. He's not even old. He's not that old. Uh, mm. But he drank his liver away. Just a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, uh, be very careful with uh, what poison you choose, folks. Yeah, the, the two hardest things to withdraw from is alcohol and opiates. And heroin, right. Yeah. Or opiates. Yeah. You know, I think the saddest thing, the saddest thing is to see some of the sharpest, shrewdest, most intelligent minds just lose it all. Just to just throw it all away. And it just slowly gets stripped away from them. That's life, right? It's crazy. Mm. I can't believe it. It shouldn't be. Your mind should be the most, the thing you treasure the most about you. True, but we don't see life through their eyes. That's the problem. They're all in their own little world. That's the the bad thing. You never know what someone's thinking. Never know. Everybody handles pain and disappointment differently. Yeah. Everybody goes into it for a different reason. Vanessa, I need another drink. You guys are bumming me out. Are we bumming you out, Vanessa? I'm like, I'm, I need to get drunk. You guys are making me sad. Hitting you with some reality here. (laughs) I'm a buzz kill. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That hit home too. I'm sorry. I know. I just like harshed everybody's buzz, didn't I? I'm so sorry. Sometimes we got to take it there. The chat room got quiet. (laughs) Everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's like, I'm a Debbie Downer. (laughs) Ooh. X-Files. Well, Michael. And Vanessa, I'm going to bid you adieu and say goodnight. And the show was wonderful. It's always really great hearing from uh, Dr. Aquino. He, he's very interesting. That wasn't that fun. Think, yeah, yeah, it was. Well, fun? No, it was educational. Ah, it, I had fun. It, but yes, I understand. Yeah. Thank you. you. Know, Thank- if you're going to play with all of us in the chat room and you expect us to be serious when you have someone like that on. It's, it, you got to like remind us all to shift gears with you. Well, sometimes I don't, don't need a remind. Well, sometimes I don't, I shouldn't, you know? I shouldn't have to remind anyone out there because sometimes I think uh, some individuals just lack common sense. Yeah. There's a time to play and a time to be serious. You're, you're the fearless leader. I have know. to be. Help, help everyone along a little. Sometimes I have to be. together. Don't lop right. their heads off. But well, sometimes <laughs> I have to. Sometimes I have to keep you in line. It's like herding cats. Well, you do you. And with that, I will say good night. Thanks so much for hearing me out. You have a good one. You too. Take Thank care. You. Thank you, Evening Star. Love you. Bye-bye, Love Vanessa. All oh, hugs and kisses right back to both of you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And there goes Evening Star, a great caller. That was amazing, right? She's super nice. I really like her. I liked her. Yeah, and she likes me, and no one ever likes me. That's not true. <laughs> That's not I true. Kid. I kid. Liar, whore, liar, whore, and you know it. Liar, whore, oh. liar, whore, and you know it. Sorry. Liar, oh, wow. whore, liar, Whoa. whore. Oh, wow, my Michael. God, I went tell crazy. Us, tell us how you really feel. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. That's how I feel. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. On a more positive note, I'm sorry to bring the audience down here. 
Yeah, that got really that sad, a, to be that honest. It was really dark, right? It was too Good much Lord. for a Saturday. Yeah, I, you know, I was trying to keep things light here, but things got all <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. God. Yeah, things fucked up. You're going to need to, like, bring it up for the end. I'm going to have to burn some sage here tonight. <laughs> things got all weird. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, though, you know, and uh, Vanessa, by the way, I have to tell you, I I've been getting emails about Owen Benjamin. Oh, God. Why? No. What the fuck? What, what, people like him. Why are people emailing me about Owen Benjamin for? I have no idea. Maybe who, they think you're a bear. Who cares about my opinion on Owen Benjamin? Yes. I, I like Owen Benjamin. I'm not going to lie. I have nothing against him. Who You know, let him fucking do whatever he, he does, you know? Yeah. I, but I'm, I'm not, not into lie. him. I'm not into him. I don't give a fuck about Owen Benjamin. I'll be realistic here. But at the same time, I'm not mad at him. Let him do what he has to do. But what does the email say exactly? It, there's just people asking me what I think about Owen and about the moon landing and about this. But and it's just like, <laughs> what the fuck do you want me to say? How you feel? He's going to do his thing. And, uh, yeah. and I like that. I like that he's out there saying what he wants to fucking say. Yes, yes. I, I agree. I agree. I don't really care about his movies or what he does or if he if he actually means what he says. You know, I, I don't really does. care. I think he does. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the guy. I wish him well, to be honest with you. Yeah. I hope nothing but the best for the guy, and I think he's doing a good job. He is. I mean, he burns a lot of bridges, and I think that I, I, I like that because he's not scared. I can, you know, um, you know I can relate to that. Yes. I burn bridges all the time. Yes. I think I burned a, I think I burned a lot of bridges here tonight. <laughs> you really did. I a really, first caller. Don't really give a fuck though. New caller, caller, old caller. She never I she don't never care. come back. She doesn't need to come back. That's the that's the thing. <laughs> we we could we can live just fine without one, two, twenty, thirty of you. Oh don't give a fuck. There's a lot of people that listen to the show. So if we lose a few idiots, that that's fine with me. Are you, I don't give are you a fuck. About, are you talking about Boss Man in the chat? No, I'm just kidding. No, I love Boss Man, by the way. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We love everyone in the chat. Boss Man is a good guy, by the way. He is? Okay. He he thought he he was fucking around, but he... He's a good yeah. guy. He's a good guy. He he likes to have fun in the chat room, and I appreciate yeah. that. Okay. I like people who enjoy the chat room. That's what the chat room's for. I think the people that log into the chat room, those are they're dedicated great. people. Oh, they're great. They're I love them. <laughs> yeah, I love them too. I I dig that. Yes. I like that. Uh, so, Vanessa, as we are winding down here, I do want to thank you for being a part of the program yet again. It was fun. Yay. Thank wasn't you. That, wasn't that a great time? Did you have fun? I always have fun. Me too. Yeah. Jesus, it, it should be illegal to have this much fun. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I have a great time. You guys bummed me out a little bit towards the end. Uh, I know. You got all fucking sad and shit. <laughs> I did. I did. I was thinking about my family. Oh, my God. Were you really... I actually really was, yes. <laughs> oh, no. Well, what's going on with, with the mom, uh, Vanessa? My mom? No, my okay. mom is okay. She I okay? mean, yeah, I mean, you know, family. I hear you. Yeah. It gets rough. Yeah. It's a dog and dog I'm, world. Sorry, it's yeah, a pun. And I'm, and I'm one of those <laughs> that, like, I, I keep to myself. I don't, like, bother anyone. I don't talk to anybody, you know? So I, I avoid, like, conflict. So that's I, smart, I try though. not to... No, yeah. that's smart. I mean, if you avoid people, like I always say, people and friends, uh, they're, they're troublemakers, potential menaces. Yeah. So I avoid everyone. I, smart. I do. Smart. And, smart. Yeah. Good job. Keep it that way. Mm -hmm. Trust me. 
Uh, no worries, Vanessa. I, I definitely think you're doing the right thing. And I do want to thank you tremendously again for being a part of the program. It was um, pretty goddamn fun here. Yes. Thank you. I loved it. I loved it too. Thank you. Yes. Vanessa, definitely say goodnight to the listeners. And again, thank you so much for being a part of the program. It was amazing. And Vanessa, we definitely have to do another episode together. Yes. Good night, everyone. I love you. I'll be back. Ooh, Terminator. Yeah, I'll be back. For sure. Yes. All right, Vanessa, thank you so much. And I'll talk to you again on the other side. Okay, good night. All right, good night. Bye-bye. And there she goes, ladies and gentlemen. That was Vanessa, the official Florida correspondent. She did a great job, right? Do want to thank the first guest, Michael Aquino, Dr. Michael Aquino. And also, special thank you to Mr. E.A. Coetting. He did a great job, right? I thought he did fantastic. Did a great job co-hosting the program here. Asked a lot of great questions, no doubt. And of course, I do want to thank all of you out there. Tip my hat off to you for hanging out here and listening to the program. That was fun. And of course, if you are a hardcore listener and want to hear bonus content of the program, make sure you head on over to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. Oh, yes. Go to patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. For just $5, you'll get some bonus content. I will be supplying you with the digital crack, as they say on the streets, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, please go to michaeldeacon.com on the right-hand side of your screen and donate either PayPal or through Patreon. $5. Extra bonus content. Oh, yeah. For those hardcore listeners out there, I do detail all the gruesome facts about this program, behind the scenes, all the bullshit I had to go through uh, just to get this fucking show off the air, or on the air, rather. And that's another thing I do want to mention here. On the radio, off the radio, that is the story of my life. From radio station to small, shitty radio station... This program does exist every now and then. Much love to those in the Dallas, Texas area who would air the show on air on Terrestrial Radio through a pirate radio station. I fucking thank all of you out there tremendously. That is amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you out there to the Fringe FM and Deprogrammed Radio. And of course, you in the chat room. Love you very much. I'm Michael Deacon, and thanks for being here tonight. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place, and life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night, everybody. <laughs>